Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 279 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of gaming discussion, and we have a great show for you guys. It's November, if you can't tell. Uh, the games are pouring in. I think my eyeballs are about to fall out of my head from playing so many video games this week. Alongside me to talk about the best stuff in games for the last seven days is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. Um... I will warn people that my fall allergies have hit me hard yeah. in the last 12 hours or so, uh, so I may be coughing and clearing my throat more than usual. Not COVID. So apologize for that. <laughs> but that's what happens down here when the weather gets warm, and then it gets cold again, and then it gets warm again, and then it gets cold again. Yeah. The plants go crazy, and so do I. Yeah. It also could just be dust. Could also be <laughs> dust. I turned the air conditioning on last night for the first time in a couple months. So. Yeah, that's the thing about living here is sometimes you go months and months without ever turning on your heat or your air conditioning. Yeah. And then you do... And it just blows out all this dust yeah. into your living space. And it goes back and forth. It's like, you know, um, uh, you know, people have seen when we did the show in my house. They see, see, see how big my house is. Yeah. So sometimes it doesn't reflect the temperature. You know, it was like 88, 90 degrees for a few days. And it was like 60 in my house. It wouldn't warm up. And then as soon as the weather went back to being cool, last night it was super hot. For yeah. some reason, it just it, it's the opposite of what's happening outside. So it's been the temperature here has been going all over the place the last couple yeah. weeks, um, which it never used to do in November. That's true. Yeah, it actually just used to be <laughs> hot as balls in November. Mm-hmm. We'd have our Indian summer in like late October, early November, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, things are different the last couple years as yeah. far as how that's worked out. Uh, it's funny that we used to think about October; it was always like the hottest month yeah. of the year. Like always, yeah. Moving down here like really changed Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh god, it's too hot to wear anything. I do remember going out on Halloween and wearing like a get up and just sweating like mm-hmm. crazy all night wherever I was. So uh, just a little bit different. You, it's funny that we're complaining about this because people in the Midwest in the Northeast are starting to deal with snow now. Yeah. Um, on the football games on Sunday, it was starting to snow, and all my family in Pennsylvania is like, oh, it's like 28 degrees today, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take what we got here. But you pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's what you pay all the money for to live here. So anyway, hope you guys are having a great week. Um, there's no shortage of games to be playing right now, I'll tell you that. There's just, there's too many. Um, but we, and we had to cut it off at a certain point, but all the rest of the shows for the rest of this year are going to be packed with great games, or at least games that you guys are really excited about. Um, we got, let's, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about the GTA trilogy, crazy stuff going on around that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Elden Ring closed network test. We're going to talk Jurassic World Evolution 2. We're going to talk about Halo Infinite multiplayer. Another big episode for you guys. Um, as far as housekeeping is concerned, um, we're about to film the last round of Pactor Factor for 2021. Uh, so look for questions. We're going to call for questions for that here in the next, like, two or three days. Um, and as always, you can find it at all the usual spots. You can find it on sifted.net. You can find it on our Patreon. You can find it on our YouTube channel on the Community tab. Um, we always get people just submitting questions to the comments on Pactor Factor. Um, and somehow they miss that we ask for questions on YouTube. Uh, the best thing you can really do if you want to ask questions is follow Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games. We always mention there that, hey... We're asking for questions right now, and we'll provide links to all the different places you can do it. That's the best way to know if um, we're asking for questions. But anyway, that's coming up. You're going to want to ask him questions about his Thanksgiving, about his Christmas. We're going to want to ask him about his predictions for 2021. Uh, So some pretty exciting episodes of that coming up. Uh, Another thing, um, do not buy any of our shirts for the next, like, week, week and a couple days. 
Um, we're going to be doing a Black Friday clearance sale on all our most recent shirts, including this shirt um, and our Sifted Army black shirts. I think, Matt, you were wearing that last week. Um, and so those shirts will be for 10 bucks. <laughs> Um, which is rock bottom, the lowest they'll ever go, the lowest they ever have been. So we've been waiting, and I know some of you guys have figured it out, the, the whole cycle of our shirts, where we, they're full price, and then we'll do like a flash sale, and then in November we'll do some kind of a Black Friday sale. Here it is. Um, and we don't have a ton of them. I think we have maybe 10 of each style left or something like that. Um, and then, another final note, we are beginning to start working on our new shirt. We're not going to have multiple shirts this year. We're going to do one shirt, and we're doing things a little differently this year. Everything's going to be pre-order. We're not going to order a bunch of shirts and have a bunch of inventory laying around for the next 12 months. My wife has decided that she's no longer cool with that. After five years of it, she's like, I'm tired of having piles of shirts in our spare bedroom. Um, so this next round of shirts, if you have pledged at the Sifted Shirt tier at any point this year, You'll get one for free, and we'll reach out to you guys and ask for your for your sizes. Um, and then the only other shirts that we're going to make are going to be pre-order only. And we'll do a good job of mocking them up and showing you guys what they're going to look like so you'll know what you're getting into. If you've ever bought any of our shirts, you know they're the highest quality, the highest quality screens, the highest quality T-shirts. Uh, I think anyone who's ever got a sifted shirt uh, knows that our stuff is really high quality, and we put a big emphasis on that. So just a heads up, our next round of shirts, there's going to be no inventory at all. You either pre-order the shirts and pay for them up front, or you don't get one at all. It's just the best way to do it. We've tried to do the stock thing, and what happens is we end up with piles of T-shirts in our spare bedroom for like 12 months. And my wife is just sick of it, and I don't blame her. I'm sick of it too. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I've just started kind of sketching up the design for the new shirts, and we'll probably work with Raphael Michael, the same guy who's done our other shirts. Um, and if you guys have liked what we've done before, then you'll probably like what we're coming out with next. But anyway... Black Friday, clearance sale on this, plus our Sifted Army shirts, uh, 10 bucks, and I hope I can get rid of all of them very quickly, and I can get them all shipped out before I have to leave for the holidays, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, one final thing, what do we have? We have four episodes of Game Face left, and Game of the Year, I think. Uh, maybe? Sounds about right. Because I'll be, I'll be two, leaving for the holidays three, around four. December 19th to head back to the East Coast to see and family. Four. So we'll have four and then room for a game of the year or just four total? Uh, if you want to keep it on Tuesday, no. So just four total? Yeah, there's four Ooh. Tuesdays left b between now and the 19th. Okay. So maybe only four total, which would be three regular episodes and our <clears throat> game of the year where we also go over um, the fantasy mm -hmm. leagues. Uh, so we'll go over a Matt and I's league that he and I do. We'll yeah. also do the fantasy challenge, which I have not checked in on lately to see who's leading no, that. I, don't, I, I think you're still ahead. No, no, I mean the fantasy challenge that everybody oh, participates that, yeah, in, where we give out prizes and stuff. Also, it should be noted that next week's show... Uh, may not be Tuesday, right? May not be Tuesday because I get my booster shot Monday. Okay, uh, so it all so depends on how you're depending feeling. Depending on side effects. <laughs> I'm yeah. also willing, even if, if I'm feeling bad, but I, I'm functional, I, I'd be willing to like Zoom okay. and figure that out like we, like we used to. Okay, um, um, okay. We'll, we'll talk about it leading up to it and after you get your shot and see how you're feeling and yeah. everything. Um, it seems like it's a mixed bag, as always. Some people get it, feel nothing. Some people feel yeah, a little groggy. Like the, bo the boosters have been uh, very different for a lot of people. Yeah. Like people I know that, I know that have had, had no side effects before, had horrible ones this time. People that had bad side effects, they got nothing this time. Yeah. Uh, my second shot was knocked me out for a couple of days. Uh, but we'll I see felt nothing from either. 
So who knows what will happen with the booster. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get mine until January, I think. So mm-hmm. I still have some time to wait. I wouldn't yeah. mind getting it before I flew and went home and was yeah, around people I mean, for I mean, the holidays. I mean, mine was in March, so yeah. I'm due. Uh, and I want to get it done by the time, you know, before I do Christmas stuff. But. Yep. Uh, so it was also get- fi- just finding a place that didn't interfere with other things I also had to do. Like, you got to find, like, basically got to find three days that don't like smash up against something else yeah so yeah. like that was the closest i could get yeah new g4 launched today by the way yeah if you can find it i mean it's i think it's on their youtube channel it's, yeah, on, yeah. it's on a number of options like they they posted a tweet i think that sh- tells you all the different ways to get it yep and last night i played halo infinite with shad grim gravy hmm. only Hardcore X-Play fans will know who Shad Grim Gravy is. Yeah. Nobody knew on my Twitter because I tweeted <clears> it and I got no likes, no anything. People were just like, what the hell? Who's That's Shad who? Grim Gravy? Google him or go on YouTube and search for him. Um, in my opinion, one of the best characters we ever created on X-Play. Um, and he ended up becoming a recurring guy. I did a big thing with him in Tokyo the one year. Mm. Like, he was genius. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> He's a great character. But anyway, uh, G4 is up and running, which is awesome. It's always good to see uh, more stuff like that, more outlets in our space, particularly on television. And they are on some Comcast cable networks. And they're going to be on Peacock, I believe, and a couple other places. But anyway, you can go to their Twitter page, and they have all that stuff listed there. Just keep in mind, maybe this weekend, maybe go and check out their stuff. Uh, We do have some friends that are working on stuff at G4 there, and we want them to do well. We want you guys to support them if you can. So check it out. G4 is back up and back alive, which is amazing. I never thought I'd be saying that. It's pretty awesome. Uh, So anyway, I think we're ready. Um, Oh, Listeved is asking, did we receive the bottles? We did, Listeved. We got the bottles that you shipped to us of your liquor. And um, I have one for Matt. I have one for me. I have one for Pactor. And then we have one extra one i'll figure out someone special to give it to but yes we got it so thank you for sending it uh let's see if we got any twitch prime here in the early going of the show i just want to thank people on air if i can um aj the legend watson thank you karma lounge thank you the surly mexican thank you johnny hurricane thank you for twitch prime hope you're doing well man yeah aj the legend watson thank you for twitch prime and i think that's it nearly going which means... There was a Dark Lord or something oh, really? out there. Metal Gear Jimmy, thank you for Twitch Prime. If any of you guys are waiting mm. to do it, do it right now so I can thank you guys on the Dark show. Dark Force. Yeah, Dark Force 256. Thank you for subscribing at Tier 1 for 37 months. That is amazing, man. Thank you. Um, uh-oh. We got the Hype Train Level 2 emote coming <clears> at you. <throat> there you go, people. Another one added to our list of emotes. Yep. Okay. Looks like we're ready to kick off episode... 279 we're going to kick things off with the gta trilogy people are calling this matt this year's cyberpunk 2077 um Hmm. do you think that's fair i don't think it's very fair to cyberpunk 2077 (laughs) um for the sake of how i have the b-roll split up let's take these in sequential order Mm -hmm. Um, all three of these games, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, were all PlayStation 2 games. Mm. And they have been definitely not remade. No. They, I mean, they've been ported. They're Mostly more what happened was, than a... They, port, yeah, they are <laughs> remade in a they're way. They're more than a remaster, but they're, more they're than not a remaster. Like, like, the assets were remade. Yeah. Nothing else seems to... But also, like... Uh, 
It's very hard to describe. <laughs> like, yeah. they did change some things. And a lot of yeah. the things they changed are like, why? Uh-huh. But, like, mostly And so the stuff you're like, why not? Yeah, mostly <laughs> it's visuals. Why did you not change it? Yeah. Um, and some choices were made. Yeah. Um, the HDR is broken. Um, it's, How do you know if HDR is broken? Uh, if you turn brightness all the way up and you still can't see anyone's face, the okay. HDR is broken. And if you turn HDR off on your TV and you load it up and it looks fine, the HDR is broken. Okay. So to get it to, and I don't like having the HDR off on the TV because I have to. You do that universally, and mm-hmm. not just I can't do it per per thing, and I can't. The Xbox doesn't seem to do it per game. My TV just senses it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's in there, but it's all wrong. It's yeah. botched is what I describe it as. Like, it's, it's doing HDR, but it just doesn't work. So you have to turn it off somehow. Um, the way I got around it is uh, I turned the br- on, the, on all three games, I turned the brightness all the way to max, and I turned the contrast all the way to, to nothing. And okay. it mostly is visible at that point. I don't um, have any problems on my LG CX mm-hmm. um, the, this in is, that way. This but is it, a, it, auto- it automatically detects HDR. I don't have to turn it on or off. Like... It just senses it, and then it just switches into HDR on its own. Right, but what I'm saying is the HDR on these remasters is broken. It's wrong. I, I get that. It's wrong. Yeah. Um, but you were saying like it's a pain because you had to like turn it on or off on your TV. Yeah, I, so I have to turn off the auto detect on it. Mm. Like, so I have to make it so it, I have to force it to not do HDR on GTA the GTA remasters. Okay. Basically, because the GTA remasters will automatically tell you to do that. Yeah. I guess you could probably do do that. I tried to do it in the in the Xbox options, and it looked the same. It only changed the visual until if I turn the HDR op- option off on that input on my TV, um, which also fe- feels like a flaw in the game somehow. But basically, there. I mean, if if you leave it the way, like on default, like you can't see the characters' faces in the cutscenes. Like, That's it's, crazy. It's disastrous, like bizarre. And then like, so that was like a already you're starting out like well, that's a problem. Like I don't remember that being a thing. Um, and then uh, the uh, very early on, you see that something's very wrong because uh, it rains in the early cutscene of GTA Three because it's you know during the the the, the where they break the 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 prison transfer up and you escape. Yeah. And um, very quickly you realize, oh, this this isn't right because the way they've done rain in these, these <laughs> all of them these all three, all of, three them of them is to just sort of plaster a animated rain. Alpha on the front of the screen, like it doesn't yeah. interact with anything. It doesn't do it. And it doesn't. It's just this thing that lays over the yeah, screen. Yeah, and it doesn't even really rotate. Like if you turn the camera, it doesn't really rotate the rain. No effect. It's just it's just like watching a screensaver plastered yeah, here over the game. You can see it right here. Yeah, it's bizarre. And, and it's if you even, go under a bridge, it's raining under raining the, bridge. the bridge. And then if you in San Andreas, <laughs> if you go swimming in like a lake or something, the rain texture or whatever that is is behind the body of water. It's so annoying. It's bizarre. It's like, like it's, when you first look at it, you're like, "Oh, that looks pretty good." And then after like 5 seconds later, you're like, "Wait a minute." No, yeah, no, it it's doesn't. not look, it's not changing. No. It's just it doesn't change with the movement of the camera. It's just happening in front of all the other graphics. It's just a filter laid over the screen. It is uh it's like those yeah, see that you can see it right there. It's yeah. like the old uh it's like old cartoons where they didn't animate plaid where like, you know, plaid or like someone with a certain suit texture it wasn't like they would animate it on on each frame. Like it was just like they're moving across like a plaid background. Yeah, in, you know, it, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's very weird. It's, oh, that's fun. What yeah. that weird thing that just came bouncing through the yeah, shot, just, right de- there. just debris. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
What are your impressions of Grand Theft Auto 3? GTA now, 3 is a terrible game. It is. <laughs> like, it's, it, it really is. It like, really is. <laughs> like it's, it's almost unplayable anymore. Yeah, it really it, It's And it's amazing how, like, the first, like, 20... And that's not the fault of this version of it either. No, this is just, yeah. like, you know, you're... You know, with the, the the distance of 20 years and a lot of advancements yeah. and, and a huge influence that this game was, like, you play, like, the first 20 missions are just, like, drive here... Do one thing for five seconds. Kill a guy or get hit a back guy in the car. Bat, get back drive in the car, back. Drive back. Yeah. And it's just like the whole hook and the whole novelty was that it was an open world. Which and back he, then, back that then was, was a novelty. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But now it's just like, mm-mm. Yeah. Like there's nothing here. There's absolutely nothing here. And the story is very weak because the main character doesn't talk. And it's mostly just like stereotypes, screaming, stereotypical, like edgy things. Like one thing that really struck, having not played any of these in about 10 years, I would say, all three of these games are intensely juvenile. Oh yeah, like you know, in a way that like I always, yeah, you, know, you always recognize like, but like it used to be part of the fun, right? And now it's just sort of embarrassing. It's kind of cringy, yeah. yeah. Especially the radio stuff. The radio stuff is just like, oh wow, you, it's not funny. You thought that was, you thought that was cool. It was just like. It's like listening. It's like listening to the guy in your friend group that you don't really like very much constantly quote South Park. Yeah, <laughs> like that's basically <laughs> what this game is like. <laughs> but like the worst episodes of South yeah. Park. <laughs> like like the satirical stuff, but he doesn't think that he thinks it's serious. Kind yeah. Of um, it's just a very simple. I mean, it's the most simple open world game you're gonna play because it was basically the first. Yeah, it was. It you know it, it broke the ground. It broke yeah. the formula and like. You know, there's an element of like historical significance to it, but like, yeah, this I got. I did not get more than a couple hours into this. Before. It's hard. Like, yeah, it's enough of this. Yeah, I mean, I've also you got to remember we've played these games already. Yeah. So I didn't feel the need to have to play huge chunks of these to be able to talk about them because no. I know the games. I've finished them already. In some cases, I finished San Andreas at least. Twice. I mean, you can see how dark this is even in this. I mm-hmm. mean, this, this is it's daytime. You know, this yeah. is look, look at the the sky. It's seven a.m. It's supposed to be daytime, but that those street. I mean, yeah, yeah. New York can get kind of dark like that, but like not yeah. not when the sun's up like overhead. Like it's. I will say this: this you game, can't see what you're doing. It's, the headlights yeah. are on at seven thirty. <laughs> I will say this though: generally, this game looks way better in this version. Oh, of of the of three, the three, this, this gets the, the biggest, biggest visual impression because it was so visually primitive. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, just the fact that the characters have fingers now, right, um, yeah, instead of mitten hands. Uh, but like you know, the transition to uh, the, the the kind of the more animated art style is very, very case by case. Let's yeah. say like some you know some characters look good, others you wonder what game they're from. Uh, this this is more that's more of a problem actually in um, uh, Vice City. I would yeah. say Vi- Vice City has the biggest gaps between like main character models I've seen. Like there's moments where like. You know, it's one thing if it's like just an NPC walking by on the street or something, but there's scenes in Vice City where I'm just like, this guy is a mission giver, and yeah. you made him look like that? <laughs> like, I have to look at this guy. Yeah. Uh, GTA 3 also has like a weird, th- I mean, it's not weird, it's actually very ex- very ex- explainable, but um, uh, I can't hear what people are saying a lot of time because the audio quality is so low because yeah. it's such an old game. You know, it's, it's I, I had to turn it subtitles on. to drive without like, arrows telling you which direction to go yeah well, i mean that is one that is one big improvement is that there is gps now right on yeah. the map like that was never there although it's a little intermittent yeah like, it, doesn't it doesn't always work pop. always if right. you have more always than one right. objective in a, in a mission it won't do that yeah and you kind of have to go into the map and put a custom marker down if you want that 
Or you can do the old school thing, just sort of like brute force your way through the city until you find where you're going, which isn't that hard in these games. You know, the, the maps are fairly simple. Yeah, the, mesh, the mission objectives in GTA 3 are just so rudimentary. Yeah. It, to the point that it's confusing sometimes. Right? Oh, you, you just want me to do that? Okay. Oh, I'm it done. It can't be that simple, right? No, it is. No, it is. <laughs> it absolutely is. But at the same time, as I said, I do think it is, of the three, the game that receives the biggest bump and the biggest improvement. Um, but you're also starting at a much lower level than you were with the other two yeah. games. It needed the most improvement. It so. starts the furthest behind the starting line. Right. Um, and it comes the close to closest to <clears throat> ultimately winning the race. Yeah. Of, also, I would argue that it's the one that people care the least about. Do you think so? The three. I mean, it's the, historically very important, but I think more more people are fans of Vice City and San Andreas. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't play this. I think it In might end up being yeah. like initially the most played of the collection. And then people will play it for about an hour and be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's just a little pretty. You know, I always liked, uh, in the end, uh, back in the day, I always liked Vi- this better than Vice City because I didn't feel Vice City improved on this to any great degree. Yeah. Um, playing Vice City now, um, just the fact that Tommy Versetti as a character helps a lot. Um, and it does, you know, Vice City does suffer from the same sort of like bland yeah, because mission GTA design. 3, people may not realize, the guy was just like nameless. Yeah, nameless guy. <laughs> Um, with no voice. He ended up getting the name Claude somehow. Yeah, the fandom named him Claude. Yeah, but he never had a name in the game. Yeah. He was just this anonymous, anonymous thug, yeah. basically. He does show up in... Uh, a cup, which in game is it? San Andreas. Yeah. He's, he's, a race, he's a racer right. in, uh, in the San it's Andreas weird. street racing thing. Yeah. Uh, and let's move on to Vice City. You kind of segued nicely to that on your own. Um, what are your thoughts after going back to this? I mean, it's easier to play than three now, just because like they get to the they get to the more complicated missions mm-hmm. faster. But uh, I will like it's still it still suffers from the whole it's so juvenile and it's yeah. such a transparent sort of like remake of Scarface by people who thought Scarface was good. Um, Scarface is fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but good. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it of, as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, exactly, yeah, there's a lot of, and like the, the other thing is just like how overacted everything is, mm-hmm. um, which really hits hard in this one. I wonder, some, and I wonder playing this if it's intentional. If it's it supposed to be like is. a caricature, I think of, some of it is. I think also like you're, you know, you you can. Some of it is just the animation of the characters, which like you can only do so much when you couldn't move people's hands and stuff. You know, yeah. Um, and so some of that is just like kind of pantom. It's like watching a stage play sometimes because yeah. you just have to. They're they're making it really big so it gets across what you're trying to do. Um, but in you know when, once you've got kind of a more nuanced look to it, it doesn't really work because everybody just seems like they're crazy. Like, yeah. Like the you know what's his name Tony or whoever yelling at Tommy early on is just like what are you doing like the. Like that's a, especially because like everything was recorded separately and like sometimes the performances don't seem to match the tone of each other and like that's more noticeable now that we've got such higher production values yeah. than we did back then. What's crazy um, is how quickly this game was released after GTA Three. Yeah, it was like what was it like a year and a half? Yeah, or something? Yep. I mean it should have been an expansion pack. It's just basically that's all it is. Um, Still, there's a <coughs> lot. That was a lot of work to get done. Yeah. In a very short period. I mean, a of lot time. of content was made. They didn't really improve yeah. any of the technical stuff. Although I will say that my my most ir- the most irritating technical flaw that was introduced in Vice City that wasn't in three as much is still here, which is that cars continually fade into existence on the street yeah. when you're trying to drive. Um, I mean, I'm guessing that was coded in. It's not just as yeah, easy like, as 
a lot of people have been like, kind of like ripping these in terms of like, oh, they were so lazy and so they, I mean, like they and clearly they did not put the effort that needed to be put into for the you know Rockstar or Take Two whoever did not fund these and give them the time that was needed to make you know something that was lived up to it. Look how dark that is. Look it how is. weird that looks. Yeah. Um, also, we we should mention the games have lost their filters. Yeah, there's no like the so GTA, GTA 3, three had, had a that blue weird filter, green blue filter. Yeah, it had like a bluish filter, and this had a pink filter. Beyond just the neon. The neon, yeah. And uh, San Andreas had like an orange filter, and those yeah. are all gone. They're gone. Yeah. Um, in, in, a, in a move reminiscent of like when the Silent Hill remasters uh, removed the fog. Yeah. Um, which is an error. And uh, San Andreas has it the worst because San Andreas, you know, San Andreas used fog and mist and clouds to a great effect because L.A., especially in the early 90s, yeah. was full of smog. That's what's what, what the story about the L.A. And that, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing. That's why it's so orange filtered is because, yeah. you know, everything looks like that. It and still looks like that every once in a while. Every once in a while today. you get it, yeah. yeah. And, like, it's gone. <laughs> it's all gone. There are no clouds in San Andreas anymore. Really? And, I didn't uh, notice that. No, they're all gone. Like, the, 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 you know, there's some in, like, the skybox, but they used to be actual clouds. And one of the things you'll see, uh, you'll see that most noticeably is in um, the mission where you skydive out of a plane. You used to skydive out over clouds, and when you come through the clouds, you're over the city, and you parachute down. Yeah. Now there's no clouds, so you ac- you can just look down and see the city, and you realize that the plane isn't moving. <laughs> it's just <laughs> sitting. It, you know, so, That's funny. So, like, the clouds were there to, like, prevent you from seeing that, and now you just dive down, and, and it's, it's yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, Vice City was really kind of a half-step towards what GTA was going to become. Yeah. San Andreas is the only one of the three that I think has a story with characters that like actually become people that I cared in about. Way. Yeah. yeah, it was the first GTA game that actually where yeah. you felt some empathy towards the protagonist. Yeah, like CJ is a good character. His you know his his uh, the Grove Street families are like like you understand why he stays to you know like you know there's a, there's a history there that comes across. You understand who each of them are more or less pretty mm-hmm. pretty quick. Um, like it's a good introduction to his world, and then the game continually expands and expands and expands beyond that, um, to the, until like Carl's to the point that like you know you, you can barely remember when his whole world was just that cul-de-sac, yeah, on Grove Street, and yeah. it's like it's a really effective, you know, a really effective progression. Um, I feel like the culture around the game too, L.A. N.W.A. All that yeah, stuff was something that people when it came out could relate to because those people were on MTV and it was just like this thing that was pervasive and everybody knew about it. Whereas like vice city, it's like, okay, we're talking Miami vice. Is that, is that what it's spoofing? Like do people people even remember what that was at that point? I mean, they did, but it was, it wasn't, it was one of the earliest eighties throwback, like really hard in media things. This was a little more immediate, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of the audience. Also, this was fast. Like yeah. this was, this is two thousand four. Yeah, it was only two. two it was only like two, two years, years after Vice City. Yeah, um, they cranked out all these games in like, yeah, <laughs> four or five years. It's pretty crazy. I mean, three was two thousand one, and then this was two thousand four. I remember playing this uh, to do. You know, we did a big day at G four of, of everything. I and like it was like the whole day was just San Andreas stuff and. All the footage from that was my was me captured. Like I, mm-hmm. I played this game for like nine hours straight, and I would just record stuff, and people would come in and say, Offload "I need more," it. and just I just throw a tape to them, and they go and do it. You know, it was it was, and I think we were using like a copy that like 
like we didn't get sent in time. So like someone brought a copy back from like the Mexico City E3, <laughs> and like we're using that, and we're like, is it? What if they send it like a bootleg? Kinda, yeah. And like so, like and like then we're like, well, what happens? And it's like, well, if we if, if I'm like, if we get the retail because we got our early retail from a, a local store, I'm like, if the if the save loads up on the retail version, I'm saying we're good. Yeah, <laughs> and, so that was and it. it did. And it did. Um, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was like nothing else. Uh, you know, it, it was it was the culmination of everything, all the promise you saw in three in Vice City, um, and I think and for, this is the only one I have continued to play, uh, despite the fact that yes, all these games are broken and weird, and their choices are poor a lot of the time. Um, I haven't had any crashing really. Or anything. I haven't either. I mean, um, I didn't play them that much. No, I'm playing on Series X. Uh, they it, they all run pretty well. Um, you know the graphical again looks San really is weirdly on dark. Game Pass, right? For free. yeah, San Andreas is on Game Pass. If you're gonna play one of them, play that one. And that's the one that matters yeah. at this point. It is odd that only one of them ended up there, which shows that it's probably also, it's Mike, weird that the best one ended right. up there. Right, Microsoft probably chose right and probably had to put down a big chunk of money. Yeah, and as it turns out, the game is not yeah. what everyone had hoped. Unfortunately. I mean, it's. This is the closest to okay, but like there's still tons of weird stuff, and the, the rain effect in this one is worse. Uh, it's thicker. Like it's it's more busy. Like the the rain. I could, on I, this, they all look the same to me. It looked like they used the same thing. I have. They are using the same like type of effect, but the rain effect on this is at least the times it has rained. While I played this game, it is the 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 drops have been more you know thicker, at least more more bunched together, and like I can't see anything. Like there have been times when I had to just stop playing and wait for it <laughs> to stop raining. Through the rain, because <laughs> I can't see through the rain. That's crazy. And so, the rain in these games used to be really cool, right? Like, well, for the time, yeah. for the time, yeah, yeah. So here, so everyone thinks that these are terrible, but my question is: Are these still not the best versions of these games? Because they have look, they have updated the shooting, and I would argue even the vehicle handling feels like it's been tweaked a little bit. Mm, I don't notice a lot of. The PC versions, the old PC versions with mods, like user created mods, are is better than this. They're better, definitely. Um, the the shooting in this is a little weird. Like, uh, it's better than it was. It's better than the, the vanilla PS2 stuff. Is not better than the old Xbox and PC versions. Really, um, especially not with mouse aiming. Like this is. I had to turn the. I mean, once it was better once I turned the auto aim off because that was just nonsense. But like, it still has like a weird like the. It feels like only every third bullet sometimes hits when you're shooting the yep. uh, the, the, the yeah, hit scan stuff. Yeah. Um, and they, I think something's up at least in San Andreas. Like he, Carl takes damage real fast in this mm-hmm. in a way that I don't remember him taking dying so quickly. Um, what struck me the most about San Andreas was how far advanced it was from these other oh, two yeah. games that weren't that far away yeah which is something i've always like hammered on about san andreas and people like weirdly dismiss sometimes like san, as though san andreas was not a huge leap it's like san andreas added swimming it added le- hopping over things Clamoring, it added, yeah. yeah it added uh uh like modifying stuff it added the the i mean you know the being able to work out and get fat is not all that useful really but it's it added all the things you think about you know when it comes to like how you can design how, what the character looks like, uh, Vice City introduced like at you know changing clothes, but this is the one that lets you choose different shirt, different pants, different yeah. You know, like it you went your in, haircut. Yeah, it went in hard about you know choosing like you know tattoos and, and you go visit that. the people and they're actual people with personalities. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy how much this advanced compared to the other two. Yeah, and it also helps that Carl is like. 
like Carl is the first GTA protagonist to kind of realize that his situation is stupid. Like, yeah. like, like he's <laughs> like he knows that the people he's working for are lunatics right. most of the time. But yeah. he's like, all right, homie, I got it. Yeah, that's what this. I got to do. Yeah. You know? um, like he's not buying it. Yeah. And uh, that kind of really works. Um, so, Matt, back to my question, though. So you said, OK, these versions that you can't get anymore are better than this. But of of ones, I mean, I guess they've taken them all off the market now, right? You can only buy this. Is that correct? Uh, they pulled them off Steam. Yeah, I mean, if you if you already own them, you can you can play them. But uh, yeah, you can't buy them now. Huh. Okay. Um, and then you... of course they did the thing where like they add they you know they left uh, the cut music tracks in the code, and people found them, and then Rockstar pulled them from their st- from their their you know their launcher on mm-hmm. PC. So people who bought them on PC couldn't play them. For days, jeez! Like you, you paid for the game and it disappeared from your launch, from your Rockstar launch. Like that was it. Like until they fixed. And then people also found uh, the the hot coffee code is still in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- what the heck, man? These were these were very straight ports that had to be basically clutched. To, you know, because like, I'm sure this was not an easy job because this is probably real kludgy code that just you know God knows what they had to do to get these things to run on the PS2. Yeah, and it's all proprietary stuff, and I'm sure a lot of the plugins, a lot of the, a lot of the, the third party stuff they were using for various like functions and sound. Like I'm sure all that doesn't exist. In, you know, a lot of those companies going out of business. Yeah, it's true. You know, so what do you what do you do? It's you know it's probably not as bad as trying to pull apart Red Dead Redemption One and figure out how to port that, but like it's <laughs> can't be much better. Yeah. Um, and you know, and they gave it to like what seems to be like their mobile team. Um, it just you know, I, I'm it feels sure like a cash it, in. it feels like a cash in. It feels like a like a, you know, they, these games were not given the, frankly, the respect they deserve. Yeah. For, you know, and or I mean, honestly, I think it's the the lack of respect for the consumer and the mm-hmm. fans that strikes me the hardest. Yeah, and you got some balls calling this the definitive edition, right? Yeah, like, wow. So all that said, that's what you did. Like, you, hopefully they fix some of it, but yeah, like you you don't you don't get a second chance on uh, on that first impression. Um, you know, so, and, and CD Projekt Red can tell you about that. Yep, it's too late. So all that said, is it worth sixty bucks? No, 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 not in its current state. Like if they fix this thing up and like get the visuals better and and you know fix the crashing on some of the platforms, fix the performance on the last gen systems, like they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like people are maybe overreacting a little bit. I mean, does it deserve aren't... a .5 out of 10 on Metacritic's no. user score? No. no. Like, I played way worse than this. I feel like people are maybe taking it a little personally. And look, Yeah, but at the same time, it's like... I would take it a little personal, yeah. because sure. if you're a fan of Rockstar, this is kind of a smack it to the face. Like, yeah, they're abusing their fans and trying to get something... You know, into the fiscal quarter for the holiday shopping season, knowing very well that a lot of people are going to buy it sight unseen. It's dirty, but I also don't think that the games are as bad as maybe some people may think that they no, are. No, they're not like unplayable bad, right. but they are like not what they should have been. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm interested if any of you guys in chat have bought this and how you guys feel about it. If you feel like you were ripped off, uh, if you're okay with the purchase, I don't think anyone's going to say, Wow, I can't believe I got these three awesome versions for sixty mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah, but I mean, Digital Foundry is, is yeah. As Shaniki points out, Digital Foundry is saying that they uh, that these these are the mobile versions. They are the mobile like versions, up-resed with basically. a new ported skin. Yeah, which explains why that's shooting so weird. Yeah, that does explain it. Yeah, interesting. Um, 
Yeah, we Vincent, we did mention, and the they San didn't Andreas fix any of the little address. like there. There was always a a quirk of San Andreas uh, where like, um, the uh, like cu- there's cutscenes that cut out before they're done. Like lines get cut off. The last line mm-hmm. of a cutscene will get cut off. Or like, there's a scene early on where they're playing basketball and Big Smoke clearly goes up for a, a layup and it cuts before he as he's jumping up for it and mm-hmm. like. I remember that from the old PS2 version, and I was like, "That's so weird." And they they didn't fix it. Like, huh. it's like this is an opportunity to like fix some of these weird little things, and they just didn't. They, they... I'm wondering if the remote control missions have if they've. I guess oh, they, they God, probably didn't no. do anything to it. No, I'm sure they. They've did got nothing. it to work, and they're like, "That's good enough." No. I like. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I'm not I mean, praising this. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want Rockstar to think this is okay. No, there are. I mean, there are some. You know, the the GPS is great. That there's a there's a you, know, you can get a line on the map tells you where to go. Um, the um, uh, the fact that there's checkpoints now and auto save, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. to go back to your your house, your safe house to save every time. If you, if you mm-hmm. die in a mission, you get a checkpoint most of the time. Yep. Um, you know, there's quality of life stuff here and there. I mean, I, I yeah. do believe they could have used a rewind feature, um, especially GTA Three and Vice City. Yeah. Um, and I guess San Andreas, like you could use a rewind feature on that damn big smoke mission. Oh yeah. Um, with the train. Uh-huh. Uh but like eh, it's just it's it know, feels like a cash in. Definitely. And like the fact that it's 60 like if you're going to charge 60 bucks for these these things need to be airtight and they're not. Yeah, it sounded like a good deal when we first heard Oh yeah, about if it. they were if they were good quality <laughs> remasters, absolutely be a great yeah, deal. Yeah, but but not mm-mm. so much. Yeah. At best I just say get San Andreas off Game Pass and play that. Yeah. If you absolutely must play it's the a, best of the a three. A seventeen-year-old PS2 yeah. game instead of some of the other things that are out right now. Especially right now, because all the game, all yeah. tons of games are coming out, and there's so much other stuff to play. So, there you go. That's the GTA trilogy remastered definitive edition. The remastered part isn't in there, I think. No, it's just called GT- GTA trilogy, trilogy definitive definitive edition. edition. Yeah. Um, and you Which, say uh, it isn't. You say no purchase. No, period. I say this is a wait and see for sure. Yeah. And I like I don't have faith that they're going to patch this stuff out and fix it. They've they've made some comments in that direction, uh, but who knows how long it'll take. I think they'll patch it up enough so they can put it back on sale for the PC version back on sale. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, hands off. Yeah, but That'd I mean, my guess. I mean, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to patch out the uh, Michael Jackson songs from the code and right. call it a day. Probably. Yeah. And get rid of hot coffee, probably. Yeah. Like, how do you leave that in there? Because you're afraid it's if you so take it out, it'll break bad. something. I mean, oh, there's a lot. There's man. a lot of stuff that. You I mean, know, you remember that Rockstar tried to act like it was a hacker who had hacked right. this game back then. Even though it's like there's like actual room. Like there's it was clear. I mean, <laughs> I there was modeled furniture in those rooms. Yeah. Like you made that shit, yeah. guys. Come on. Oh man, crazy. So, so anyway. never forget for all their edgy and for all their rebellious like like attitude like you know like image. Rockstar's always been a bunch of cowards. In a lot of ways, yeah. Like, they're afraid to actually own up to the stuff that they... They know, do wrong. Yeah, yeah or if they get at something le- wrong. At least the South Park guys stand up for their dumb shit. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, they have a similar sort of, like, edgy for the sake of because I can say it and you can't stop me sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the South Park guys at least will stand up and, and own that stuff. Yeah. They won't apologize for it necessarily, but they'll be like, yeah, that was us. We, we did that. We did that. Yeah. Fight me. Yeah. At least they won't try to blame it on somebody else. Yeah, or as Rockers, like, oh, it must have been hackers. It's like, guys. <laughs> it is funny, though. Back then, the general population was so ignorant 
Yeah. Then a lot of people believed it. They're like, oh, okay, hackers. Now, yeah. you could never get away with that excuse now. Well, now also no one would care right. about that uh, the hot <laughs> right. coffee. Well, had. hot coffee, they'd be like, what do you mean? They have clothes on? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a hacker. <laughs> yeah, it looks so had, bad. Maybe it was. <laughs> clothes on. All right, so anyway, there you go. We'll wrap it up. Uh, GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition. I think both of us say stay away. I think Matt's a little more negative on it than I am. I think if you've never played these games and you're interested in it, 40 bucks I would probably pay for this and be okay with it. Never going to drop that for you. They don't, they don't discount stuff. Yeah, well, they do, but it takes a while. Like, you've been able to buy GTA 5 for right, two well, years now for $15 right. or $20. Well, first, it's got to it's gotta go back on their store. Right. Yeah. Um, Good luck with that one. And they got to fix I mean, the PC version runs terribly. Yeah. So even GTA 3, it's just bizarre. It is bizarre. The whole thing is weird. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that we just discussed in last week's show um, because From Software had put up a big gameplay trailer that showed off a lot of gameplay for Elden Ring. And then right before I came in, I had got an invite to its closed network test, which, as it turns out, basically ended up being like the whole game. Hmm. <laughs> like, it really wasn't the whole game, but it was a huge chunk of the game. I think I read somewhere that they estimated that it was probably actually like one-tenth of the final game. And if that is the case, Elden Ring is going to be gigantic. Because there were like ten bosses in this and like four or five mini-bosses. Like just huge swatches of land that you could discover and uncover. Um, and so I, I played it. I, got, I was lucky enough to get an early code to get in on the closed network test. And I've spent about, I think, a total of two and a half hours. I played an hour that I recorded for a Hangout, which has been published for our patrons. And that was just me coming in completely raw, didn't know anything, (coughs) playing the first hour of it. And then I continued to play another, like, hour and a half after that. Um, Matt, have you watched a lot of media around this at all? Not too much. Yeah, I'm surprised you you managed to resist temptation. I want to play. Okay. I mean, I still watch gameplay no. for stuff that I'm going to no, play. I have no interest in knowing any of this before I play it. Okay. So do you want to walk out of the room for the discussion? No, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I was really leaning on you asking me a lot of questions about this because I figured... Well, here's the thing. I don't have any questions about this game because it's Dark Souls in the open world. As it turns out... Like, I, I knew what this was the first time I saw it, and you didn't really believe me, but I know what I'm looking at, and it looks like you kind of ran into the same wall. As it turns out, that's exactly what it is. It is open world Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, you could call this Dark Souls 4 if it took place in the same world. I'm glad it doesn't because I think we've sort of, we've mined that universe for everything yeah. it's worth. <laughs> um, it's good to do new things, but this is the same it game. Is. Yeah. You, you can know. see I called it in the lower third Breath of Sekiro Souls. Mm. I think that's probably. I'm glad a- it's using, the, the, you know, Sekiro's like, you know, combat lessons and stuff. But like, there is nothing I look at in this game and am confused about. Yeah. And you're real right, you shouldn't be. If you've played a lot of their games, I'll say this, Matt, it confused the living hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I he, So, for the most part, I do not miss that they have removed instruction booklets from games. Because mm. most games, it's like the tutorials are great, and they teach you every... Sometimes they, they, they're too much. If anything, a lot of people complain anymore that, like games hold your hand like this zelda's been accused of that in a lot a lot the last couple of years or this is a game that could absolutely use an instruction manual mm. it would have made my life 
so much easier. So I mean, remember Demon Souls came like the deluxe version came with this giant strategy. Yeah, I forgot about that actually. You're right. Extra booklet because they knew this game needs needs it. It there especially for people like me who haven't played a lot of From Software's games. So there's a lot of things where you would have played this, Matt, and you just been like, oh. I need to do this. Oh, it's this. I, I need to do that. Yeah. That's how it's worked in the, in Dark Souls 2 or in Demon Souls or it worked that way in Sekiro or Bloodborne or what. I have none of that frame of reference. So I am just relying 100% on the game to teach me and show me what I need to know. There is a problem with the From Software game. What? Relying on it to teach you it's, how things it's work. It's awful in like that you regard. Have to, you know, that's sort of, I mean, the fandom considers that part of the appeal is like discovering these things but it's there's a fine line between discovery and just pure frustration well for example when the game starts they mention that there's a tutorial area like a Mm -hmm. cave that you can go to where you'll learn the ropes of the game i could not find it (laughs) i look you start down Uh, in this dungeon on brand Uh, you start (laughs) down in this dungeon it's pitch black and I'm running around in the dark trying to find the way out. I find a way out, and you come up through kind of the catacombs, as they call it. And you go, you open that big door, and you go into the open world. And I never found the cave. I walked around outside. Could never, I never found the cave, the tutorial cave. Now, luckily, there's a location not that far from where the network test starts that you go to, and you meet the merchant for the first time. And there's like a blacksmith like anvil there for upgrading your weapons and stuff. And you do learn some stuff there. And there's messages that people can drop down like wherever they want. And some of those are very informative. But literally after like eight minutes, Matt, there are so many. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's just hundreds and hundreds every like square mile. And it's like, so which ones do I read? Which ones do I not read? None of them. None of them. That's what happened. After like five minutes, I'm like... Always a day just reading all these notes that people have dropped down. Yeah, onto in, the in a big area, you got to just forget it. Like, yeah, it's just most of it's just people being stupid. Yeah, I and guess. so I have limited experience with these games. I've played them a little bit, and one thing I do know is that it's very possible to end up tangling with an enemy you have no business tangling with yet because you're not powerful enough, you don't have the right gear or whatever. And so, unless you're supposed to tangle with the right. enemy, you're not supposed to get it. But you don't know. And so, like, as soon as you come out and you're in an open world, there's a dude on horseback. And Mm. I just looked at him, and I'm like, dude, there's no way I should fight that guy right now. But I was like, but wait, he's here. So is that that from software telling me that I need to fight the guy right away? Like, you start to go through these, like, mental gymnastics. You're like, why am I doing this? Like, why doesn't the game just tell me, like, (laughs) what I should be doing? Or give me some kind of a sign that's not buried somewhere. Um, so a lot of my time playing this was struggling with stuff that people who play a lot of From Software games were probably just like, dude, do this, do that, do that. I don't know that. I haven't played these games. So the first thing I would say is the onboarding in this game is essentially identical to From Software's other games, meaning that there is very little. They The game assumes that you know a lot already or I guess it assumes you're going to spend hours and hours walking around reading. I don't know. Like, so there was a lot of fumbling for me. And I will say say this. Like, a lot of the enemies, when I decided to actually fight them, they went down pretty easy. Like, the rank and file, even these bats. Like, they're a little annoying because they dodge really well. But literally, three shots and they go down. Most of the enemies out in the open world, few shots, they go down. Um, and that was pleasant. It was it was nice to be able to actually do something in a From Software game without the threat of dying. But 
As soon as I went to tackle anything beyond the rank and file enemies, it was just a slaughter. You know, two mm -hmm. shots and you're dead. That's, and that was when I was like, okay. And <coughs> what we talked about last week was maybe the open world will provide an opportunity for people like me, and there's a lot of people like me who kind of feel the same way about these games, to still be able to do something and accomplish something out in the open world without having to kind of take on these enemies that you know are just going to destroy you in a couple of shots. That turns out to be true. It absolutely is true. But I would also say it's not especially fun or compelling. Because once you've kind of faced an enemy once, you pretty much know how to handle that enemy. There's not a ton of enemy variety out in the open world, at least based upon what I played. That may change over time. And again, I only played like two and a half, three hours, something like that. Um, and didn't make it. Some of the videos I've seen of people, I'm like, where the hell is that? Like, I don't even know how they got there. But, like, you get to this one point. And people played 50, 60 hours. I know, it's insane, which I don't know how they did that because the way this was set up was there were, like, five very specific sessions you could play, and they're three hours long. And that's it. Like, when the three hours was up, they cut you off. Like, I don't know how these people managed to play that much. Just did it over and over, I guess. I, but, no, but they shut the servers down. Oh. So when I first tried Created to play this. Account, probably. Yeah, I don't know what they did. So when I first tried to play this, it was like servers are down, whatever. So I emailed the PR person who had sent me the code, and then she sent me the list of the sessions. It was like, this is when the servers are going to be up. And it was accurate and correct. But total, you could have played it like 20 hours if you hit every session for three hours. I don't know how people played it as long as they did. It's amazing the parts of the game that they got to. Because as it turns out, almost the whole game was in this network test. And I think maybe they were using the three-hour buff um, limit to keep people from maybe accessing some of this stuff. Because some of these mm -hmm. people got, like, literally fought, like, 10 or 15 bosses before this network test was closed down. Um, so anyway, the moment that I finally fought something that was, you know, the guy on horseback. He killed me twice. Four blows total to kill me twice. Um, I get to this one part where there's a big gate, and you walk through the gate, and you start going up this hill, and a giant, like, drops down from the sky. And then there's, like three archers on each side of the walkway who start pelting you with arrow. I'm just like, what? Like, what am I supposed to do? How do you survive this? Somebody online was like, oh, you're supposed to get on the horse and just ride past that. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? Like, how do you know this stuff? Do you just keep trying stuff until something hap happens and works? Like, In some cases, yeah. <laughs> um, in that case, like, you can't do anything against the arrows. So if I have a horse, I would try the horse, yeah. I, <laughs> Unless there's like a clear way up to where the archers are. Yeah. Um, and people have been great, you know, talking to me <clears throat> about the game and trying to tr trying to explain stuff to me. And, and it's, you know, it's the same conversation that I had when Bloodborne came out or when Dark Souls 3 came out. And I tried to play that and I keep giving it chances. And people always keep telling me the same stuff. I'm like, I know, but like, how do you know that? Like, armor. And like, for instance, I get the horse. Finally. And you get the horse so randomly. It's like the fourth like bonfire that you activate. The chick shows up and gives you the horse, basically. The girl that was in the cinematic earlier with like mm -hmm. the hood or whatever. She shows up and gives you the Melinda horse. Melinda or whatever. Yeah, Melinda or whatever her name is. And um, I was like, cool, I got the horse. And somehow, like, I think my wife walked into the room just as that cinematic was finishing. And I like closed it out. And it, I don't know if they told me how to summon the horse and I missed it, but... I did not know how to summon the horse. So this started a 10-minute thing where I'm going through the menus, it's on Google searching just to figure out how to assign the horse 
to the D-pad so I could summon the horse whenever. I, it took me 10 minutes just to figure that out. And that's how I feel this game is. And in all honesty, all From Software's games are like that. Like, it just, they're so opaque. And it you just, it feels like a lot of people are like, man, I wish I was sitting beside you while you were playing this. Or I wish, you know, we were co-oping together. Like, I can't think of any other games in the industry where that has to happen. Where you have to have, like, a guide with you. Either you, you have that... Or you spend copious amounts of time like searching message boards and like whatever. I get some people like that stuff. I just don't have the time to do it to play a video game. I just don't. <clears throat> um, so I think what a lot of people are wondering is, okay, I haven't maybe been a huge fan of playing these games. I've liked what they look like. I like the creature designs. I like the aesthetic of them, but actually playing them has kind of turned me off. They're wondering like, is this different? And I do think it is different i think just the fast travel it's itself makes a big difference because there's tons of fast travel points matt like within 300 yards of where you start this demo there are six fast travel points and it does seem like if you fast travel everything respawns but that's fair because once you fast travel you can go to the merchant and get your flask re replenished or whatever so it makes sense that if you were going to do that, that they'd be like, okay, well, we're just going to repopulate the world with the enemies again. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. But learning how to do things in this game, very, very challenging. Um, and in some ways, I don't know if I ever would figure it out on my own. Because it's the other problem is that while you're trying to figure all this stuff out, it's so punishing. It's like, okay, let me try. Oh, I'm dead. Like, I go through that all the time <laughs> playing these games. It's like, oh, what if I do dead? Mm. Go. That's, that, that's part of these games. Like, you have to learn that dying doesn't matter. Yeah. That's just part of it. Yeah. Like, early on, you're like, oh, my God, I lost all those souls, and I'm never going to get all those souls back. It's like, But then you're like, you're like, oh, it takes me, like, five minutes to get that much now. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, and, and you, I stopped going back and getting my souls after a while. A lot of people They're called do runes in this. So yeah. I was just like, dude, this is a demo anyway. It doesn't carry over to the final game. Like, I just... <laughs> yeah, eventually you learn to let go, and like you know, there's things where it's like, okay, I got to get past this boss. I just have to ignore, you know, I just have to ignore how many times I'm going to die, and eventually mm -hmm. this is what I have to work with, and I'm, there's a way through it. Like that's because that's part of the thing is I think you are constantly looking for the solution. There are no solutions. There are multiple solutions. There's like, you can approach it however you want. Some of them are easier than others, but there's no one way through most Dark Souls yeah. situations. And I found um, even more of the stuff where there's just the dude hanging out in the corner when you walk through the, out the hallway and mm -hmm. it attacks you from behind. <laughs> like, and, <clears throat> and even like once you go into the dungeons, which is where it really kind of turns into normal Dark Souls, where it feels like it's just another Dark Souls game. Once you go into the dungeons, it's like you get in there and like there's one hallway that has fire and like I don't have a sprint yet, or at least I don't know how to sprint yet. I don't, I can't figure out where the sprint is in this game i don't know i mean I've, i uh, looked at the control scheme there usually is, it's hold uh circle oh really or b or whatever the outside i never figured it out is. and it's not in the options when you <clears> look at the control scheme with the little schematic of the controller nothing says sprint usually it's the same button as roll you just hold it circle. instead of tap it yeah i will say this matt the stamina bar in this did not bother me yeah it seems like rolling dodge rolling doesn't take as much stamina as it's very games. generous like i never found myself like running out of stamina and being like oh crap and like trying to get away from an enemy or whatever it seems like they have tweaked that and i'm a fan of that 
Um, yeah. And I think that's a good change for people like me. You should definitely block more. Yeah, I figured that after a while. Um, someone also told me that there's like a counter that you can do with blocking that yeah. end, you end up just using over and over, and you can kind of walk through most enemies if you use mm-hmm. that. Um, and I did start to figure that out eventually on my own, and then other people mentioned yeah, it, it would, to me. It would have been good to, to know how to run there. Yeah, and so I get in this dungeon. I don't know how to sprint, um, and I get stuck in these hallways where there's fire, and the only way to make it to the safe spot is to be able to sprint. So it's like they let you in here even though you don't have the capabilities to make it through. Like, that's what annoys me you about You do have these. the capability to make it through. You know that you, you can sprint. You can? You, of course you can sprint. I don't know that you can. I think you have to learn it or get it somewhere. I, that would be very out of character for these games. Maybe someone in chat can tell me how to use dash. Dash, not sprint. Hold circle, people are saying. Hold circle, yeah. Okay. That would have been nice to know. <laughs> if you look at the, if you go into the options I'm and gonna, look at the control scheme, it does not tell you how to dash or sprint, which is really It doesn't bizarre. tell you what the circle does? It, it says roll. Hmm. Yeah. And it, that is right. Well, I'm it definitely going to, I'm going to be looking at the tutorial messages on this as soon as that, whenever I get my hands on it, because I'm curious now. Yeah. I think there might be a shot of it in this B-roll somewhere. If there is, we'll pause it and look at it. Uh, but I never figured that out. Because every, so, every one of the games has given you, at least early on, like some kind of thing that says, you know, usually it's the same screen. It says press circle to roll, hold circle to sprint. You're forgetting, though. I never found the tutorial. I never could mm-hmm. find it. <laughs> it's some cave somewhere. I still don't know where it is. <laughs> it's never found it. I don't know where it is. And maybe in that, they teach you about it. I don't know. I figured they would in that kind of that dark hallway you wake up in. You'd think they would just tell you right there before you have be, to sprint uh, through the fire. Well, no, because that's... Later, you probably want to be able to learn to sprint before that. I would imagine because the, the I didn't need it before then. The very beginning, yeah, but it can still be a useful tool. In mm-hmm. the very in the beginning of um, uh, where you you know where you're running through the that kind of underground before you realize you know that first section where you got to skip it where you want to show somebody what the game looks like because mm-hmm. that just looks like Dark Souls Four as opposed to like the big open world. Like I would have figured that was the tutorial section where they teach you kind of the basics in there, mm-hmm. just like they've always done with all their other games. And sometimes you got to, you know, a lot of times, like, the, uh, several of them have done it where it's like, to get the tutorial messages, you have to read the messages on the floor. So, like, early on, the messages on the floor are just from software tutorial messages. And when you get out in the main world, then you get all the spam from gotcha. the other players. This is what I was talking about, though, how people who have played a lot of these games know this stuff. I don't know it. So how does the game impart I mean, that I mean, chat's saying it is the dark hallway where you start. You just need to drop down a hole in that dark cave. Okay. I mean, I looked around. I couldn't find it. Mm. I cut that out of this B-roll because it was boring. But I literally walked around the edge of everything I could see in that dark hole that I was in and never found the cave. I I, I don't know. Um, but, again, it's like these are things that veterans know. And I think that they just assume that everybody should know it. Like, But you don't. I, I have no doubt that there is an actual instruction in there somewhere. But... I missed it somehow. Um, Maybe it's just amidst all the other stuff that I'm trying to learn at the same time. It just gets all mixed in together and lost. I don't know. Um, I personally would really, because people started like sending me DMs on Sifted talking about this crazy crap that like, oh, well, you need to get that helmet of the god sender asunder and but i'm like what the hell are you even talking about like i don't know it's like you're talking another language they assume that like i know what any of this stuff is like i also wish like why isn't the flask that replenishes your health just called a health flask 
And why isn't the one that replenishes your magic just called the Magic Flask? Why does it gotta be called, like, the Emerald Dragon of the Slurry Sloop? I'm like, well, dude, just call it the Health Flask. Like, I don't get it. Like, it, they intentionally make it so opaque for no good reason. It's like they're trying to create this club of people that only they know. Like, I just, I don't understand the idea behind it. Like, I understand more the enemies that take you down in two hits than the other stuff. Like, the hiding, like, things that you need to know to be able to play the game stuff. That makes way less sense to me than just making it really difficult. Um... But and I think, again, to go back to what I think everyone's big question is going to be is, hey, if I'm like you, Shane, and I have yet to have a From Software game really resonate with me, will I like this? I will say this. I do think you will like it more than prior ones because I, I played this for three hours. I think the only From Software game I've played for more than three hours, no, there's two. The first Dark Souls, because I did Shane versus Dark Souls for a while. And Bloodborne. I played both of those more than three hours. The other ones, I've just always bounced right off of. So this one, I have spent more time with. And to what we were talking about last week, you can spend a lot of time out in the open world just fighting rank-and-file enemies, finding loot. Um, One thing that I thought was cool is if you kill, like, an entire... And maybe this is something that's been in all their games. I just don't know. But if you kill, like, an entire group of enemies, it will refill your flasks. Hmm. Is that a part of all their other games? No, that's new. Okay. Um, but I thought that was cool. I'm like, okay. And I just discovered that on my own. I killed three bats. And when the last one went down, it's like, your flasks have been refilled. I'm like, cool. I like that. And thank you for telling me. It would have been nice to know that beforehand because I almost walked off after killing two of them and not killing the third one. But at least they told me after I did it. Like, So there are tweaks to it. And the open world, I think, does provide an opportunity for people to glean <clears throat> entertainment from it um, that maybe just bounce straight off of Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 or whatever. Um, so I do think there's an opening there for people like me, but I would also say that I was still very frustrated playing this because it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. The way that they design their games. Like I just I don't understand the logic of it. It's like they're intentionally trying to make some people not like their games when they could make very simple changes that I that would have made me enjoy this network test a lot more. Like the stuff that people some people were sending me DMs that I was like where I did understand it and I'm like that's great. Like, why is some dude sending me a DM on Sifted about this and the game isn't telling me this? Like, it just, just seems crazy to me. Like, I don't get it. Um, I mean, they didn't know anything about it until a couple days ago either. Yeah. So. Well, no, I think they were saying, like, a lot of them were like, this has been this way in all of their games. Mm-hmm. Like, like one person Some of that, was just but like, like getting the ar- the armor or whatever item you need. Like no one knew that before that test went up. Yeah, like that's not right. Right. Well, just... people were like, you need to use like two handed combat, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how do I do that? How do I use two hands? And Triangle. Then, and then once I do that, like, how do you make it work? And it's, it's I don't use that much. It just feels like this that's, that's bottomless a... pit of like. No information that you get sent down when you play their games. Now but. you know how it feels to try to play Madden. Do you think is it does it feel the same way for you? In the way that Madden? I don't understand what the fuck football is, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I know what any of those plays mean. I don't know what any of those formations mean. I don't know what the fucking nickel means. But they uh, show you. It shows you exactly that what That doesn't every tell me anything. Doing. I don't it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what position's doing that. I don't know what the purpose of that. I don't know which arrow, what color means what, which arrow is the one that's actually the guy who's doing the play, which of the arrows are just indicating defense or blocking. Like, none of that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I guess now that I think about it, you're right. Like 
Well, no, there are huge tutorials in Madden, actually. Yeah. Some, but I, that doesn't mean that it's penetrating. I mean, there's my an brain. entire mode that's basically. And I'm, a I'm, remember, I'm thinking about old Madden when I was, you know, like old school Madden, where no, there were no tutorials. Yeah, you either knew what that shit was or you didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who the who the players are. It's like, well, how do I know which good which players are good? Like, I don't know that. Well, you look at the ratings. Yeah, but I don't know what the ratings mean. It's just one to one hundred. See, now you're doing what the Dark Souls people do. No, because it's not that simple. No, you're I in, agree with you. Football's you're complicated. Into a, you're into a thing and you understand it. Other people don't. It's just, it's just. No, I do understand that football is complicated because I've been. St- my mom is like seventy something, and she still doesn't understand some finer parts of football. And I still have to teach her stuff. My wife, same deal. Mm. Like every once in a while, she'll surprise me with a question. I'll be like, "Oh, like you didn't know that?" So I do get it. You're right. Football is very complicated, but I completely disagree that modern Madden absolutely teaches you everything. Yeah, but modern Madden took 20 years to get to that point. Yeah. For a long I mean, time, Madden was games, completely unhelpful. This game's 2021. Sport, sports like, games were thoroughly, completely unhelpful for years and years and years. So yeah. maybe in 15 years, but Dark Souls 7 is, <laughs> But everyone will, else will has be, figured this out. This is settled law. Like it's, they don't want to do just, it that way. Right. This is exactly... This is, and it doesn't seem to hurt them. That's what drives me crazy. Is this is an intentional choice? They don't want to tell the player how to play their games. It's really weird. Um, they're the only ones that do it in the whole industry. I don't know. I, uh, I play more weird indie games. They they do that. I like, mean, I play a lot of weird indie games. Not all of them, but they teach you how to play them. Like somewhat, but it's like the the trick on these is that like the nuance is is the game. And so they don't want to teach you the nuance. They want you to find it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a weird thing where it's like um, you can't come around kind of the other side of the thing where, like, um, I look at Elden Ring and all I see are things I've done before. Right. Outside of the open world stuff. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I instantly, you will recall, I instantly said, even when they showed that, ori- that teaser from before, I'm like, that just looks like the same fucking game I played six times. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did. You said it last week. Yep. And uh, which is why I'm not, you know, I'm ex- I'm excited to get my hands on it. I would have played the network test if they'd let me in, but like I don't care about watching footage of it because there's nothing. Well, I think regular invites it. are going to be going out here like in the next few days. Yeah, but I just, you know, it's it, there. There is no mystery to me on this outside of like I'd like to see more of it in terms of like you know want to see what the things look like, what these places look like, what these bosses are like, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can kind of go the other way around where I feel like this game doesn't have a whole lot to surprise me with. It may not. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like everybody who had played a lot of From Software games just jumped right in and just went right at it. I mean, that's what I expect to happen is like, yeah. I'm just going to run through and be like, oh, okay, this works like this. It's just the same thing like this. Yeah. There we go. There's like things you have to learn, like what happens when you sit at a side of grace? Does it respawn the enemies? Does it refill your health? Do you get more, do you replenish your flasks? Like, all just all that yeah. other meta stuff, it, like yeah, but it's all little little, deta- little travel, details that are all happens. leading to the same mechanics yeah. as before, basically. Um, the horse, horse is, is a new wrinkle. Yeah, yeah, the horse is kind of it's. I thought it was hard to fight on horseback, but you have crazy control. So once you're on a horse, well, the four shoulder buttons control your attacks, and I think the top ones, the bumpers on Xbox, are like your weak right and your weak left side of the horse. And then the R2, L2 are your strong attacks on the right side of the horse mm-hmm. or the left side of the horse. You can, you can like evade on the horse. So if you hit circle at the right time, you can like do a juke out of the way with the horse. Like you, you can double jump with the horse, which is really weird and crazy. Um, and the, the other thing I would say is that because of the fast travel points, the horse isn't that important. 
Uh, it helps you, like, there's some places you can't get unless you have the horse, because you'll hit one of those springs or whatever that spring you, like, mm-hmm. way up. And then as soon as you get up there, the first thing you want to do is find a side of grace so that from that point forward, you can fast travel up to that point instead of having to ride the horse. But the horse really just feels like what you use to get to someplace for the first time, and then after that, you can just use the, the rights for the fast travel stuff. And I think that's all great, uh, being able to fast travel anywhere you want. I think that that's a huge help. Um, and it cuts down a lot of the mm-hmm. travel time, helps you get back to places. I mean, I would definitely use the horse to fight that guy. Yeah, I went back and fought this guy with the horse. I didn't do much better, honestly, but <laughs> I tried. Yeah, but I was sp- like, maybe I have a better chance. Help. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he wiped me out in, like, two shots. The second time I fought him, he, he hit me once, and then he literally butt-checked me with the horse and killed me. Hmm. The horse's butt just kind of bumped me and just wiped me out. It's like, okay, I never beat that guy. I never did beat him. Um, I'm sure somebody else probably one hits him or whatever. The other thing, too, is like, I never use magic because the game never showed me how to use it or where to get it or how you use it. Like, I had no idea. There's just so much about it that, like, that's the other thing. People, like, when they were commenting on Sifted on my on the Hangout, they're like, you got to use magic. I'm like, I don't know how to use magic. The game didn't teach me how to use it. How would I just know? Like... Because I haven't played all these games. I, I don't even know, like, how do you enable so that my character can use magic? Do I have to buy something? Do I have to have a specific piece of gear? Do I need a ring? Do I need, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just... <sighs> it. <laughs> so anyway, back to the question I think everyone is asking. First of all, if you love From's games, you're going to love this. Matt, you're going to love this game. I know you're going <clears> to <throat> love it. I'm sure all the people who love From's games think this is the greatest game ever. It's already their game of the year for next year, etc. For everybody else who has wanted to like these games and has tried and it just hasn't clicked for them like me, I do think there's a better opportunity for you to like this. But also, at its heart, it is still very much the same. You're still going to come across an enemy that <coughs> hits you twice and kills you, and you have no idea what you need to do the next time. That, all, that stuff is all still in there. There's just a lot more leeway to kind of waste time if you want to around the open world. But inevitably, it's the big bosses, the big enemies that gatekeep everything. And inevitably, you're going to have to beat them if you want to eventually make progress. Mm -hmm. So you can dwaddle around the open world and collect a bunch of stuff for crafting. And I'm sure that will help. Um, I don't know how much it will help because I can't figure it out. But I'm sure it will in some way. Um, So if you're patient, maybe it could help you ultimately. I never figured out how to summon which is a huge part of the game. That's part of the magic, yeah. Yeah, like I never figured out how to summon the guys. No idea. Never used a projectile, never used a bow, none of it, because the game never introduced it to me and said, this is what you do, and this is how you do it. I just, I don't know. It's almost like you should mess around in the menus and figure out how it works. I did. I spent way too much time Apparently in the menus. <laughs> what? Did you ever find a bow? I don't think I ever got one, no. Yeah, I don't think I ever was awarded one or earned one or whatever. But I, yeah, I'm really more magic. Like, I don't know what you needed to do to be able to use, to cast magic, how you decide what spells you have. I do know there's, like, these cookbooks that you get, and I believe that's where you get new spells because the cookbooks give you new crafting items. So I'm guessing they probably also are giving you recipes for new spells, but I don't know. I never figured it out, never discovered how it worked, any of that stuff, so... Um, again, I think if you've liked their games in the past, you're going to love this. This may be your game of forever, honestly. Um, it would be interesting to see if fans 
like the more guided experience than the open world stuff that's happening here. It would be interesting to have someone like that on after you play the network test. I can't wait to talk to you about it and see how you feel about it as a big fan of their games. But for me, um, I didn't bounce off I mean, this. I rarely meet an open world I don't like. Yeah, so me too. We'll I see. mean, I'm a big open world guy too, So, which is another reason why this was so appealing to me and I had such high hopes for it. Um, and look, it, it hasn't turned me off enough that I won't play the final game and try. Um, maybe when there's more information out there online that I can search for stuff and Google stuff, it'll be more manageable. I don't know. Uh, but for right now, it was uh, it was very frustrating for and me def- to play Definitely go this. down that hole this time. <laughs> well, by then, I'll just be able to Google everything. I'll be able to find an instruction manual written by fans there online. The magic is the good you got along the way. I don't know what that means. Get good. Oh. It's a, it's a Dark Souls joke. But what is it? I still don't get the joke, though. Because everyone says, you're asking, where's the magic? I didn't get the magic. And he's like, the magic is the good you get along the way. Because everyone, like, the, the joke advice for when someone asks a question about any of these games is get good. I know that. But I don't understand where, how that joke works there. Because the good you got, get good. You're like, you don't need magic because you just get good. Oh, so magic isn't necessary. That's what he's saying. Like, yeah, some people don't use magic. Ever. Oh, I'm just saying what people were sending me messages about. They're yeah. like, use magic and you'll walk right through. Yeah, it. magic is usually easy mode in these games. Oh, that would have been nice to know. <laughs> well, I never found the I don't easy know mode. if it is here. It sounds like it is. I tried to but... do it the hard way. That's what people were telling me. They're I like, mean, I don't you... think the spear is your weapon. Because someone thing. was also telling me that you can, like, cheese all the enemies in this. That you can, like, goad them. And go over to like a big building and get on top of the building and they'll just stand down. And they said that that is a big drawback of the open world mm-hmm. is that you can now go to enemies to your location, get them next to a big building, and they'll just stand next to the wall and you can just pelt them from like the top of the building. Like I didn't do any of that. I just tried to play it legit, as, at least as close as I know what legit is for their games, which probably isn't all that informed. Um, but I did give it a go. I don't think I'll ever give up on these, Matt. I don't think I'll ever give up trying to enjoy their games because I like everything about them so much. It's Except like the game part. Yeah. I mean, it could be easy, though, to just be like, I'm not even trying them anymore. I'm going to keep trying them. I'm going to keep giving them a chance and see if eventually it breaks. <laughs> but didn't happen for me on this network test, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people who like these games are probably happy to hear that I didn't enjoy it because they're, they're probably like, that means I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clueless to this whole thing, like how people look at me over the series and blah, blah, blah. But I, I do feel like some Dark Souls fans assume that everyone feels the way they do. And I would argue that the vast majority of people who play video games agree with me on this. But anytime this stuff, this stuff comes up... I would argue up, the vast majority of people that play video games don't even know these games exist. Maybe, yeah. Because um, what, hundreds of millions of people play video games and these things sell, what, five million copies? yeah. Roughly, they are niche. I mean, they're popular. They're big things, but they're niche. Yeah, they're 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 a niche of a, of the hardcore. Yeah, but I feel like when they always come after me, they act like I'm the weirdo. It's like, no, I'm not the one who's like like I'm the ratio, bro. <laughs> like, I'm I not. Pa- I think part of the part of the disbelief probably comes from the fact that they've seen you play almost all of these for some length of time, and then you still don't know how to run. Yeah, because we- that's been the same since D- Demon Souls. But Matt, I play a thousand video games, and the run is click down on L3, or it's a shoulder button, or it, every game does it differently. I'm not going to remember that I played Bloodborne for three hours and the run was a circle button. Like, I'm just not. I'm going to remember, remember what, the stra- what the control scheme is for a particular developer's games that have been the same for almost 
a decade but and Matt, a half. But Matt, you've played these games for literally maybe a thousand hours. I've no, played not, them a grand total of like seven. Not that <laughs> like, long. I mean, they I, haven't imprinted on me at all. Like, No, but you have played like seven of them. Like it just feels like the basic control should stick somehow. Maybe not the every other game run is click on the left stick. This game uses circle, the same button that uses for roll. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> mm. The clicking down on the left stick makes you crouch in this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's not unusual. Some games do that. I was just playing. It's a game usually that did that. circle though that makes you crouch in games. Mm. Every shooter circle. Okay, shooters sure, but like. I don't play shooters much. No, so. I mean, action-adventure games, action RPGs, Crouch is almost always the circle mm. or the B. I was just playing stuff that's that's uh, click on the stick to, to Crouch. Some of them. Some of them. But anyway, I'm just explaining to you, is this these series, this series is not imprinted on me. This isn't something that I just know a bunch of stuff about. Like, I've played each one of them, like, most of them an hour before I'm like, nope. <laughs> and if I really am kind of clicking with them a little bit, maybe I get to two or three hours. So... This isn't, I don't, there's nothing I assume about these games because none of them have been imprinted on me the way they have for people who have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours playing them. So, um, again. Well, I knew one thing I could assume about this one. What'd you say? I knew one thing I could assume about this game. What? Which is that it was not going to change your mind. Yeah. I don't, I haven't given up on it yet, honestly. No, but it's not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get there. You don't think? I don't think so. It's just the same game. It is kind of. We'll see. I mean, it looked like the same game. Everything I'd seen, which I don't have a problem with. I just always um, have hope in these. I'm always like, the next one. It's going to be the next one. Uh, and it never well, works out that I mean, way for me. Look, if you want to like these games, you're going to have to go to them. Yeah. That's it. That's 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 the truth of the matter. And From has no interest in changing that. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's what's become blatantly obvious. With this game in particular, once they went to the open world and changed so much about it that they still kept the core of the game the same, mm-hmm. you're right. They're probably never going to do it now. Um I've learned that lesson. But I haven't given up on this. When it comes out, I'm going to play it. And it's only two months away. I will say this, too. Really polished. Three. Yeah. End of February. Yeah. It's really polished. I didn't find any glitches. Like, there is some LOD issues. Like, you can see, like, um, foliage grow, like drawing in, you know, off in the distance and some little stuff like that. And I will say it didn't look as good as the video that From Software put out last week. I don't know if they had that running on some crazy-ass PC or whatever, um, but playing it on PS5, it did not look as good. I mean, you're looking at the B-roll from PS5 right now. Um, I did not think it looked as good as the video that From put out last week. It's still a good-looking game. I thought the video From put out, it looked like a next-gen game. That was probably a PC version. Probably. What I played, it looked like a last-gen game being played on PS5. Um, Still very pretty. Obviously... Still incredible art, all that jazz, great sound design, all that stuff, um, but not quite as wowy, if that's a word. Um, I wasn't as blown away by it playing it as I was when I first watched that gameplay footage they put out last week. Still a good-looking game, though. Um, and there you go. That's my impressions of Elden Ring, the closed network test. And pretty soon, it's going to be the not closed network test. If you guys went and signed up for it, like Matt and I recommended like a couple months ago when they put it up uh, for signups, you guys should definitely, uh, I think it's probably too late now, um, but you should definitely keep an eye on your inboxes here over the next few days. I have a feeling they're going to start sending out invites so everybody can get in on it. 
And maybe I'll go back when it's open to everybody and give it a whirl again. But man, looking down the calendar here over the next four weeks, it's going to be tough to find time to play a game that isn't coming out. Um, Will it? I think. What's left other than Halo? Well, there's Battlefield. Oh. Which comes, well, you're not, I mean, you're going to find time to play it. And that's mm-hmm. the good news. You're going to play it and we'll, you'll come on and you'll have, you know, from a, the perspective of someone who knows the games really well. I, I was about thinking about, I mean, Battlefield and Halo seem like the only things left for the year. Hmm. Is there something I'm missing or forgetting? Maybe we not, lost, We lost Dying Light 2. Yeah, We lost right. Horizon 2. That's right. Maybe so. Yeah, you may be right. Maybe we'll find a little time. We'll see. Um, I didn't hate my time playing this, by the way. Um, it was just frustrating and very samey compared to playing a lot of their prior games. And maybe in the open one, I can find a partner. Because that's the other thing, too. I didn't get to try any of the co-op stuff. Yeah, there's a, like there is no further test. Oh, there isn't? No, that was it. That was it? So people... So wait, you signed up and just got denied? I never got a thing, yeah. Weird. I'm surprised that they let just random people apply for the closed network test. Mm. I mean, it was a stress test, I'm sure. Yeah, weird. I'm sorry to hear that, actually. Huh. Oh, yeah, Vincent brings up Pokemon Friday. There's a couple more Switch games. I thought Solar Ash got delayed to next year. Did it? Is that true? I thought it did. I thought I saw a delay on that. Maybe it was just for a couple weeks. I didn't remember that. Maybe it's still this year, but it, it just slipped to December. Well, I'll say this. If anyone knows indie games, when they're coming out yeah. or not, it's game manual in our chat. I thought I saw something about He's the about indie game god that. and a good friend of ours and an awesome guy. Um, and I trust him. If he says something about an indie game, I'm like, book it. Because <laughs> I know one thing's for sure. He knows more about it than I do. I'll guarantee it. Um, okay. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about another JRPG, except this one you played, and I mm-hmm. didn't really play at all. I played, again, again, like the first hour of this. We're going to talk about Shin Megami Tensei V. Um, maybe, Matt, the best way to couch this discussion is to kind of keep in mind a game that a lot of people played that maybe they can use as a frame of reference, and the games are kind of similar, like Persona 5. They're both JRPGs that take place in these schools where you're around. No. They're not. No, that I, there's no comparison to Persona. Really? really? Other than the demons are a lot of the same demons and sort of like, you know. Uh, like, again, I only played the first hour, but the game kicks off in a school. And you never see it again. Oh, okay. So, see, Interesting. Persona, the Persona games are a, are a spinoff of these games where they focus on the school life and sort of the schedule of school. It's like of a team of characters who solve mysteries or solve like the you know, the end of the world or whatever sort of thing in the Shin Megami Tensei games the world ends like in the first hour okay and you have to deal with that oh so you like, you play the whole game through the apocalypse pretty much like yeah you are not going back to the school you are not dealing with your friends in fact it, the the uh the Shin Megami Tensei mainline games are intensely lonely uh you rarely see other people and when you do it's a quick conversation about oh it would be best if we split up I'm going to go mm-hmm. over here and do this thing. I'm like, I feel like we should all stick together in the post-apocalyptic hellscape <laughs> full of monsters. Well, it's like that one TV okay. commercial where there, there's like a serial killer trying to kill the kids. And the girl's like, why yeah. don't we get in the car? And the other girl's like, no, let's, head, let's go hide by the chainsaw. Hide the shed behind that chainsaw collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. can see here that, you know, cer- certain characters have faces. So they're going to actually have dialogue later and like that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, very very early on, you you know you end up um, you end up in a tunnel 
while some big earthquakey thing happens when you come out, you're in another world that might be the real world 20 years later after a demon apocalypse, demon angel war that ended humanity. Uh-huh. But some of you are still around. Uh, and then you uh, fuse with this guy, this like, you fuse with this like other angely, demony guy who, and you become a new new life form whose name I can't remember. It's like a Nahabino or something like that. Yeah, I made it through that part, and then you turn into like it almost looks like you turn into a girl. Um, he's he's a little uh, he's a little, little fluid, yeah, <laughs> a little fluid. <laughs> I mean, he still they still say he. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's got long flowing hair. And, yeah, I, and it's funny looking at like all the trailers for this before it came out and before I played it. I thought the lead character was a girl. <clears throat> yeah. No, he's, he's a guy. He's a very slim, pretty, pretty, pretty guy. Yeah, I got skinny legs. That yeah. dude's got me beat though. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I have a lot of questions about the choice of uh, school uniform here. Like they they look a lot like pajamas. That the one girl um, looks like uh, what's her name from Scooby Doo. Velma. Yeah, I think Velma. that might be intentional. <laughs> oh, really? Then the other blonde dude looks exactly like the one character from Persona 5. Looks a lot like him, yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Um, I don't remember. It begins with an R. I don't know. I oh, spent 100 Ryu- hours. Ryuji or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I spent 100 hours of that game, and I can't remember the name of one of the five main characters. That's terrible. <clears throat> but, uh, and this is, you know, classic overworld yep. navigation from these games. Um, so the world ends. You're left to do what? Uh, basically to gather demons and work your way through uh, labyrinths and presumably early on you just want to find out what the hell happened uh-huh. and presumably you want to either reverse it or find whoever's left and I don't know. Is there a goal? I assume there is. Are you is. trying to bring the old world back or anything? I, or? I figure that will come up eventually. <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't gotten that far and I'm only like three or four hours okay. in. Um, I Got bored real fast. Really? I, be I, I, you know, I've played several of the, you know, the original, you know, the main Shin Megami Tensei games. I did play the Nocturne remaster uh, earlier this year. Uh-huh. Um, also burned out on that real fast. Like, um, I, you know, for all I, for all the shit I give the Persona games, I do vastly prefer that format for this franchise. Um, this I feel is very sterile and lacks a lot of character for me to hang on to, and it just becomes like running through with my little posse of demons and like fighting. It's the, like Pokemon. You're collecting it is sort of the demons. Yeah, it's like a Pokemon for tweens instead of yeah. Kids. And uh, there he is in his his skin tight uh, his legs his skin tight pajama. <laughs> it's like, like I got some uniform. chicken legs, but that dude. <laughs> Um, that guy doesn't just skip leg day. He has never heard of leg day. Um, and so, yeah, there's uh, you, you recruit them like usual, usual Shin Megami Tensei style. You talk to them and they'll like ask you, you weird questions. You can choose to talk and, instead of fight them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always been kind of the how it yeah. works. It's like you can talk to them and they'll ask you to weird questions depending on how you answer or whether you give them stuff. They might join you or they might not. Um, so you pretty quick, and then you can fuse them, and you know pretty quickly you build up a decent little little squad. You can have three demons with you. Yeah, it's so a four person party. Yeah, including you. Mm-hmm. Um, you swap in and out pretty much at will, out of combat. Uh, all the combat is is on. You know, there's no random battles. It's all on screen. Like you see that you, you see, see them the in enemy. the overworld. You can you, you can avoid them. You, if you, you swing want. the sword to start the battle with a little ba- extra extra you know boost or you know, if you get them from first. behind first uh, or if you get them at all. Like, okay. If, 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 uh, and if they get you first, they start first. Basically, mm-hmm. the difference who goes first uh, uses the same weakness system as you're familiar with if you play Persona. Um, if you if you hit them with a weakness uh, you, with, with something they're weak to, or you hit them with, get a critical hit, uh, you will gain another turn. 
So okay. basically, you have a you have a like on your turn, you have a series of actions, and if do, doing a week hitting them with a week something they're weak to, or um, uh, getting a critical hit or something, doing doing something good will get you another move for that turn. Okay. And screwing up, like missing or hitting them with something they block or hitting them with something they're immune to, will sometimes cost you two turn two moves. Okay. So your turn will end faster. And then they get the same thing. Like, you know, the other the enemy can can uh, gain some moves as well if they. Uh, or you can take them away. Critical, yeah. If you it, block or whatever. Yeah, they'll they'll use up to if you if you if they miss. Okay. So, so it works both ways. Um, as with these games, so commonly, uh, you know, hit points and magic points are valuable, and uh, you you because ha- you have to use. You know, isn't like a game where you can just sort of like coast your way on basic attacks. And uh, you know, get through it because you got to use your the weak points to really like exploit the system and not get creamed repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that makes this one I think more difficult uh, so far is that you got to pay to heal. Like when you, you go pay to with the, what money? So there's currency in the game. Yeah. So the, the Do money, you get currency after every battle? Usually, not a ton, but like, and you can get get it from like there's vending machines and things that give you like what are called relics of the old world, which are like sodas and stuff. You sell, you sell them to this merchant <laughs> for funny. a fair amount of money. Uh-huh. Um, so you're never like super low on money, but you're always using resources. It's sort of like, you know, if, if you if you like to play JRPGs where you get to like, you know, hoard everything and not only need to lean on your, your item inventory or lean on your magic abilities when like you want to like attack a boss or something, this is not going to work for you because you have to use everything. You have to constantly be on point. Oh, wow. Um, That's kind of cool. But like there's there's you know save points, uh, you know little, little fountain you know ley line fountains and um, uh, usually in these games like in like Persona or whatever when you when you go there you can rest and get all your ability all your your health and everything back. Mm-hmm. In this you have to pay to get your health back to get your health and your magic points back per character. Always. Yeah. There's no place to go where your health replenishes. Not so far. Wow. I mean, maybe eventually. That's like, brutal. Like, but like so far in, in in what I've been playing, I mean, you you have like items you can do use to replenish and stuff, and there are um, I can't remember the in-game name, but there are like little glowy dots around. Yeah, they just actually showed that. In yeah, the where you, you can pick those up and what green, are those? They're like some kind of crystal thing or whatever. But the green ones replenish health. The yellow ones replenish magic, and the red ones replenish your what's essentially your super bar. And there, are they just laying around, or do you have to defeat enemies? To they get are them? just laying around, but they do not replenish, as far as I can tell. Okay. So basically, they're they're put in strategic points of the dungeon, so you can just like, to give you enough. Yeah. To make but that also through. means you got if you're full up, don't just go run around picking them up. Right. You got to hang on to them because the enemies respawn constantly. Oh really? Like you can never clear the area. Like you always can go fight things whenever you want. Um. And then eventually you come to like a boss, which is uh, usually a big, big glowing red tentacly thing called an abscess. And once you get through that, you um, you open a new section of the map and you learn you get access to new what's called miracles. So the, the main up the other way you upgrade is you find these uh, little demons that are helping the merchant guy and you send them back home. And uh, that gets you what's called glory. OK. Other thing you can find glory in the world and do other things to get glory. But basically you spend glory to get miracles. Which are upgrades that do a little thing, you know, anything you can think. Of. Various kinds. There's like, you know, the, your various elemental attacks. You know, inc- improve them by one. Or uh, I have one that uh, when I level up, I get half my magic and and hit points back. Okay. Whereas normally when you level, you get nothing for that. Yeah. Stuff like that. So you can you can upgrade your, your character that way. Um, and there's the usual fusion stuff with the demons. Like once you pick up demons, you can fuse them together and get new demons or get more powerful demons or combine. You got one version of a demon 
that you like, but you want it to be more powerful, or, or you pick up another version of that same type of demon that has a move you want that your favorite de- version of that demon. You can fuse them and give them that move, stuff like that. So I like the art in this art's game. cool. Um, uh, very cinematic. Yeah, it looks it, it looks very nice. I mean, more so really than Persona Five. <clears throat> Yeah, like I don't. I mean, Persona Five had a cool art design going on, mm-hmm. but I don't know how well it translated. Also, like I don't. I'm, I played Persona Five so long that I was sick of looking at it. Yeah, I'm just um, saying there weren't a lot of cinematics in the game, like full mm-hmm. animated ones, lots of text bubbles to read, but not necessarily a lot of cinematics. Yeah, and there's a fair. I mean, it's not actually you know like these these Shin Megami. Yeah, there's a lot of cinematics early on, but you settle into just sort of standard dungeon crawling pretty fast. Yeah, um, which. I don't know. I just don't have the patience for it right now because it isn't. You can't autopilot on this thing. Like it's, you gotta fight. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay attention. Manage your resources. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta, you know. I, I've always found the Shin Megami Tensei games to be, uh, you know, a little thinkier than your usual like JRPG. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no strategy like grid stuff involved, is there? Um, no. Yeah. Like like positioning. Right. No, not okay. that I know of. Um, are you gonna keep playing this? Probably, um, but I didn't play it too long because I had to move on to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we played this week, I only played enough to kind of get my head around it, really. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, this is, I don't know, it, feel, it feels oddly sterile to me, just in terms of gameplay. I, I'm, like, the, the comp- battle system isn't, isn't hooking me uh, in the way that, like, Personas usually does. Um, or even that Nocturnes did. I'm not sure what the difference is. Maybe just it feel like well, Persona was Persona Five was pretty active. Yeah, very active stuff happening that was like on very active and there's time. other characters. Like, yeah, like the fact that you're with a team of characters that are summoning the the personas is different from like how you're using sort of a little Pokemon team on this. Yeah, and I feel like with the new with the you know the Diamond and Pearl remakes on the you know a week away or less than a week away, I feel that's like a good point, I actually. feel like that's going to scratch this itch better than this is right now. So do you feel is it a lonely game? Do you feel like isolated while you're playing it? A little it? bit, yeah. yeah. Um, Games like that can be oppressive sometimes. Yeah, I mean that's and that is sort of the tone that these this this the main series has always had. Mm-hmm. I, I think anyone who's played Nocturne knows what I'm talking about there. Yeah. Um, it doesn't suffer from the like play, replaying Nocturne was interesting because I really liked Nocturne back in the day, and playing it now I was like I didn't know where to go. I got lost constantly in yeah. that game. And I didn't remember getting lost back when I played it on the PS2. I'd constantly look up, like, maps and stuff. Huh. Our brains were wired different back then. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I just, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Pokemon's going to be more my speed. Is that what you're recommending people wait and see? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you really need to wait and see because if you play Diamond and Pearl, you kind of know what you're getting into on these things. Some people may um, not have, though. You know, this is, I mean, they're going to be a cakewalk compared to this thing. I, th- I think these games are pretty challenging. Um, I just don't feel like doing that right now. Yeah. So it's not one of those games where you can just sit there and keep spamming the same attack, no, no, using the all. same strategy with not every battle. Like you, like think, you know, it, especially because of how the, the multiple turn thing works, multiple moves thing works. Mm-hmm. Like, if you get careless and the, you know, the enemy gets lucky, like, you could get wiped out, you know, in two turns. And what are the consequences of that? You have to reload your last save. So is it all manual saving? You have to just keep saving constantly? Um, I think so, yeah. Like, I haven't seen a lot of autosaves. If there's an autosave, I haven't seen it. I haven't okay. actually, I've only been wiped out like twice because I fought, the, I fought an optional boss a couple times the wrong 
because it's a point like early on when there's like, oh, there's a thing over here you could go do. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. It's like, oh no, you should not be here yet, sir. Like, <laughs> why would it let you do that? Is the world? Can you it, go back? You can go back. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, you. this game, these games do not care whether you you you'll learn the hard way. But they're like, not linear. No. I mean, they're linear in terms. If you want to progress the story, but there's plenty of reasons to go back and because all the all the save points are teleport points. Because like you, you could back. also maybe go back and get some of the health stuff that you didn't pick up, or the magic replenishment, or if whatever. If you need it, yeah. yeah. If you were smart enough to skip it when you didn't need it. Huh. Um, I mean, it's there. It's not impossible at all, but it's just like it's it's a little more resource management management intensive than what I was kind of waiting for. What are those, these blue things here? What blue things? The blue, like, Those are the save points. Okay. They seem really frequent. <coughs> yeah, they're not uncommon. That's also where you get, you, know, you go see him. He's the he's the uh, merchant, and then there's a woman who does the fusion, the, the, the queen of shadows or whatever. She does the fusion stuff. Um, those are the, those are the, Mimons are the little demons you find and send back to him. So that's showing however, however many of those you rescue, those are what you get for each, each every five of them. Oh, uh, okay. Got you. So that's your collect-a-thon for the game sounds like there's a lot of collecting to be done in this but it doesn't sound like it's really targeted towards the audience that would normally like collecting in games yeah i mean like do you think a first of all i don't think a kid maybe should be playing this but do you could a kid get through this game do you think i'm sure they would if they focused on it and didn't yeah. have anything else to play um, we played harder things yeah growing up because mm-hmm. um, we had no choice um yeah it's uh it's shin megami tensei like it's definitely exactly kind of exactly what I expected. Are there, have you not had any surprises at all? No. No. That's disappointing. But it like, has been a long time since the last one. Yeah, like the 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 performances are good. Like you know the the voice. I'm surprised at how much voice acting there is. Like usually I would expect like the opening to have voice acting and the rest would just be that thing that like they do now where someone goes oh. Right. Oh, yeah. and like the rest of the oh. text box goes up. You know, so it's yeah. like, it's like, huh? Yes, like that kind of thing. You know, like uh, like what Tales of Arise did a lot of the yeah. time. You know, yeah, a lot of JRPGs do that. But yeah, there's a lot of voice acting in this. Yeah, and this is you. So right? present- here's a, here's presentationally, example. this is by like head and shoulders above anything else the main series has ever done. Like, yeah. Oh, far and away. But Nintendo gave them five years, basically, to make it. Yeah, although I will argue, like, I can see... Why, I think there's five years of work on the screen oh, yeah. most of the time in this. Like, and now they're saying it's, it's going to come there. to PC as well. Yeah. That's a, one of the rumors floating around this week is that it's eventually coming to PC. That would make sense. Instead of just Switch. Um, so I don't know how long of an exclusivity <clears> period <throat> Nintendo locked down for this. I guess it would be a year. And this is you trying to recruit yeah. um, demons to your cause. And is there any clue as far as like what you should be doing in the dialogue or is it just um, luck? I don't know the, the nuances of the system in this game, mm-hmm. but traditionally it's mostly random. No, nah, like just, you never can know what, you know, what question there's they no guarantee of like, you know, oh, if this, this monster asks you this, say this, because mm-hmm. you never, a lot of it's coin flippy. Okay. Um, which is infuriating uh, at <laughs> time. Like Nocturne in particular, um, the remaster of Nocturne, I didn't get a demon to join me for hours. Really? Like it was just me and that damn um, uh, pixie for like <laughs> a long, long wow. time. To the point that I was looking, I'm like, can you not do that until they introduce Like, no, yeah. like, no, you should be able to get these demons in the first. Couldn't, like, no matter what I did, nobody would join me. It almost felt like a bug. Wow. But they, they join you pretty easy. It's, it's, you know, at least early on, it's not that hard to figure out what, what they what they want here now if you're looking for value for your money that also costs money and items too because they always they always demand stuff from you but sometimes if you say no 
they respect you for not giving in. So like you never quite know what what you're gonna you're, <laughs> what you're gonna get. Now these games generally are gigantic, right? Yeah. Like if you're looking like for value are, from a game yeah, purchase, these are long. This is these, probably are, these are sixty seventy hour games. Typically. Yeah. So if you are someone who's looking for value from your game purchases, this mm-hmm. is not a terrible choice if you're a JRPG fan. And you probably should need to be a hardcore JRPG fan to really appreciate this too, right? Yeah. I mean, this is much like Elden Ring. This is a game that you are going to have much easier time getting into if you have played these game, uh, this series before. Yeah. Um, specifically, the Shin Megami Tensei main series. Persona is not going to really prepare you for this outside of sort of knowing a lot of the strengths and weaknesses of the various demon types like that, you know, in terms of that, you're going to, you know, you're going to know who's weak to electric and who's weak to fire. And who, you know, that's all pretty mm-hmm. much the same. Um, but in terms of the mechanics of the battle system, this is much, this is a very different beast. From I'm kind of surprised that so much time and money and resources <clears throat> have gone into this game. I mean, it's a, it's a venerable series in, uh, in, you know, in among, among its fandom. Like, I would argue that Persona has, for the most part, eclipsed it, despite the fact that Persona is technically a sub, a sub, sub line of this. Of, yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wonder if uh, Nintendo's going to ever recoup its money from this investment. Probably. You think so? Five years of development. It's a lot. Yeah. Even know. for a game like this, that's a lot. Um, it'll sell better in Japan than it will it here. We'll I'll never, guarantee that much. We'll never know, probably. Yeah. What? We'll never know. Right, if it recoups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll know if Shin Megami Tensei Six is yeah. multi-platform. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, this has been a weird, you know, it's, it's been out of the spotlight for a long time. You know, yeah. 4 was on, D, on DS, mm-hmm. and a lot of people missed it. I mean, that's um, maybe the only one I've played. I think never that, played Nocturne? I don't think so. Too. Like that was that's that was really good. That was a revelation at the time. And they just redid it and really re-released it. And I didn't play it then either. This, so. Yeah, earlier this year, like May, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is cool. Like I, 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 I was a very different person then, apparently, because I don't, I don't like, I didn't like the, the remaster very much. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I just was more patient. I guess. Yeah. I just I was like, God, get on with it. Like it's such a slow burn. This is much faster. It this builds faster than than the previous games. I I I did play four, but I remember nothing about it, and I think I'm mixing some of it up with Strange Journey, mm. which was also on DS. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that blends together for me. <laughs> I think a lot of JRPGs blend together somewhat. Like Persona, especially Atlas's stuff. One of per- Persona's strength is that it stands out. Like the, yeah. the Persona, the Persona um, uh, formula was kind of found in three because mm-hmm. um, one and two uh, were on the PS one and they were more standard JRPG. They, they were, you know, they weren't like dungeon crawls like these. They were more standard, dun- standard uh, JRPGs. And then persona three is the one that kind of turned it into scheduling your school time SIM plus relationship building SIM plus mm-hmm. dungeon crawling thing that has sort of defined the persona subline since then. And I think that is the place they found the most personality. I mean, makes it persona. Yeah, that's where they found the most the most personality and the most like you know fandom hooks for like because people like these characters and they like you know the it had a funkier music hook to it for the most yep. you know they they they, yeah. they play a little the music more. Music of Persona Five was great. Oh yeah, and this the music in this is good, but it's yeah. also like not memorable in the way that Persona Five and Persona Fours were. Persona is just more lighthearted. It is, and it's going to appeal to a broader audience yeah. because of that. Just and I mean, it. Persona, the Persona games are more like an anime show, yeah. and these are more like I don't know, 
a an anime film <laughs> that was very influenced by Vampire Hunter D. Right. You know, like it's, yeah, I get it. Okay, so there you go. That's Persona. Persona. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how much Persona has eclipsed the rest it of has. the uh, rest of the IP. Yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, it's a Switch exclusive for now. There are rumors it's coming to PC. Matt recommends you wait and see how well the new Pokemon turns out. That's coming. <clears throat> out. You should get reviews for that. Maybe yeah, I, I would argue right that there's no reason to own this and Pokemon at the yeah. same time. Like you should probably pick one. Yeah. And obviously, this one's angled a little more towards an older audience. I'm guessing this has a <laughs> T rating. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on whether how whether they cut Mara out or not. Yeah. Although I don't know, even those, those those little little like monkey demons have little little penises hanging off. Oh them. really? Like you don't really see. There's a shadow of, it, but it's like yeah, that's that's a that's a, a tiny wang. tiny wang and a little scrotum. <laughs> yeah. So um, don't buy. <laughs> Shimagami Tensei you don't get that for the Pokemon. kids. <laughs> Definitely get the kids the Pokemon game. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you're right, Matt. There's someone to probably choose between one of these. And then maybe next year, if you're ready for another JRPG that's going to take you 60, 70 hours to get through, maybe then you come back to one of the ones that you don't decide to pick up now. And chances are it'll be cheaper. And if you choose Shimagami Tensei 5, I almost guarantee that it will be cheaper. Um, apparently, apparently, it's selling real well in uh, UK. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. SMT is. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's rated M. Rated M. Wow, I would, did not get that vibe from discussing that game with you. I mean, it's it's more of the demon designs. Like, there's there's implications of naked boobs, and one gotcha. of the one you know, Mara is just a giant penis on a on a chariot. <laughs> I mean, hashtag character design. <laughs> All right, and they are straight, and they are straight up talking about like God fighting Satan in this game. You know, okay, like, it's really funny to to play this game and and think about um, you know, how, how Nintendo used to not allow them to put crosses in cemeteries in Castlevania, and mm-hmm. now it's just like, oh, we're just going to do a war between God and demons. Well, wasn't there a huge problem with Chrono Trigger? Yeah, Chrono Trigger had some some crosses, cuts in it that and they stuff to, they yeah. had to make before Nintendo would let it yep. be released. Yeah, and ActRaiser. Yeah, ActRaiser had some trouble because it was you know in in in. Uh, it was a lot of it was Nintendo America, yeah. Because like, the Japanese one is pretty explicitly the Judeo-Christian God you're playing, <laughs> and they're, like they're they're uh, not really you know it's it's, it's they don't care. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you see that in um, uh, what was uh, yeah, you see that in this. Like they use a lot of Judeo-Christian mythology and, and imagery in this because uh, in Japan, in Japan, it's just another cool thing. It's or just it's lore, just some weird religion. Yeah, in Japan. like they like yeah. it's, what's her what was um. Uh, was it Yoko Kano or something? Never see a picture of Jesus in Tokyo. Yeah, I think, or if you do, <laughs> it's from that that manga where he he's, manga. where he's like roommates with Buddha. <laughs> right, which yeah. is actually very funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think what was it Yoko Kano? It was an interview I read with a Japanese uh, composer. I think it was talking. Was, she was just talking about like you know in Japan we just read through these like you know like you know this imagery and and, and like we just think it's cool. Yeah. Like nobody takes it seriously. Right. Which is why you get things like Evangelion, which is yeah. just like we're just going to take all the all the Kabbalah stuff and just like throw it in a pot and pull out what we think looks neat. Yeah, that's why Sephiroth's named what he's named. Yeah, yep, different so. culture for sure. There you go. That's SMT Five Switch exclusive for now. M rated, as we just found out, um, and we're recommending that you choose between that or the new Pokemon, which comes out on Friday. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next <clears throat> about Jurassic World Evolution Two. Which I have not played a monster raising park sim in a long time. The first game you played it, and I did not. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but for whatever reason, I had a hankering to give one of these <laughs> games a go. I haven't played anything like it for Hanker quite a for while. for a hunk of cheese, huh? Um, I only mildly regret it. <laughs> <laughs> How much time did you spend with this, Matt? Oh, like, I got most of the way through the campaign and played in the sandbox mode a bit. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know the campaign's only about three hours Yeah, long. it's not... Uh, <laughs> it's not the most intense thing I've ever played. And it doesn't teach you anything about no. how to play the main game. No. Like, it's weird. I Here's think a, the this campaign is, a, is think, actually like the tutorial for... A little for... bit, yeah. But it also doesn't teach you the basics. Thing. This is kind of a theme today. I would be completely lost in this game if I hadn't played the first one. I never played the first one, but I managed. Like, there's things where I'm just like, okay, the tutorial wanted me to... Like, but why? But, okay, I know because I played the first game, I need to do this first. So I did that. And, like, it was... Here's Very what weird. I figured out about this game is it it does not allow for you to think for yourself. So, like one of the very first things that you do in this game is you first build it. You have a pen and you put the first <clears throat> dinosaur in the pen, and then they tell you to go out and tranquilize and pick up these triceratops. So I did that and I brought them back. I put them in the pen. Oh no. I needed to put them in their own pen because they won't mm. get along with the other dinosaur. Once you put them in the pen with the other dinosaur, there's no getting them out. There's no way to get them out. Yeah, there is. No. You can trank them. You can't. Yeah, you do. How? You, you, get the, you get the helicopter that shoots the tranks and you trank them the thing and you airlift it out. That's the only way to move a dinosaur around. It's ridiculous. It's weird. I just started over. Yeah, it was probably faster than doing that. Than, it might have been. Yeah. I just literally started the whole game over because at that point I had gone through all this other stuff and I was like, oh, I can do that now in like five seconds, which I did. And then I discovered that there are scientists in this. There's like this interface that you go to where you have scientists who are doing research to use DNA to create dinosaurs and create new kinds of dinosaurs and blah, blah, blah. I discovered that on my own. And so I went and started assigning the scientists to these different tasks. And yeah, the campaign doesn't want you to go off the reservation. No. Like that. It's like, yeah. So listen to what... So they go to introduce the whole interface of the scientists to me. And th instead of looking at it like, oh, the, the thing is, the mission is assign a scientist to a task. I had already assigned the scientist <clears throat> to a task. It would not register. So I had to fire a scientist at a great cost, by the way, like a million and some dollars, I had to fire the scientists and then rehire them, and then it checked the objective. This game is full of crap like that, where it just, like, it, it only thinks people are going to play it one way, and everyone's going to sit there and just wait for everything to be spoon-fed. This is the, in some ways, the antithesis of Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, the campaign certainly is. I mean, the sandbox <laughs> isn't like that. Yeah. Like, the sandbox and challenge modes are much more freeform. Mm-hmm. But they rely on you knowing how the game works in a way that the campaign doesn't really teach you very well. Yeah. Um, campaign is over so because I, I, I only played for a few hours and I'm back. My God, I'm gonna try this. That's, gonna, what, that's how long. And it I is. was and I was 80 percent done. I only I, I didn't realize I only had one more mission left in the yeah. campaign. It was it's like five missions or something. We should and that doesn't even up. unlock anything. It, yeah, we should set up what it's all about. So it takes place after the events of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Um, dinos have taken over North America. Yeah, there's dinosaurs everywhere. In and America. you work for like Parks and Rec, basically. Yeah. And you have to go out and collect the dinosaurs and bring them and put them into these pens and then create a tourist trap, basically, where people will come and check out the dinosaurs. So, which is we, funny because apparently you can just go in your backyard and see a Triceratops now <laughs> if you live in California. So, <laughs> yeah. 
And like the the second mission is like your dinosaurs are trying to go across the border into Canada and you have to stop them. Like it's really weird. Um, the first and then the first is that this is Arizona, I think it's out in the middle of the yeah. desert or whatever. The very first mission. And so th- that's the objective. And then you build a park and you have to make sure that you know you have like these viewing best festivals next to the pens so people can see the dinosaurs and then you have to make sure that the dinosaurs are happy <clears throat> so you scan the dinosaurs after you put them in the pens and they tell you what they want they want certain kinds of foliage they want water they want meat they want fish so you have to make sure that you install all that stuff in their pens to get them to a certain level of happiness and contentment then once you do that, like random stuff happens, like the there'll be a weather event and like all the pens will get broken down. You have to call on the chopper to trank them and fix the fences and put them all back in. Um, that's pretty much the crux of the game is it's very easy to manage. And then they throw stuff at you to try to challenge you with the management part of it, essentially. Um, all the while you have to build these facilities that you're seeing right now. Um I don't. Most of them are just really for show. Um, you have to make sure that there's power to every building. You have to make sure that there's a walkway to every building, um, and that's pretty much it. And it's not like it's just one continuous thing that you play. The campaign is broken up into missions. So you start out with this one, and this is in like Arizona or wherever. Um, and then you finish this one, and then you go to the one I was talking about earlier where you try to stop the dinosaurs from growing, going across the border into Canada. And you just jump around. Dinosaurs are taking our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> going to take our jobs. You just jump around North America going from city to city, and they give you a specific scenario. And then the whole, th- it, the whole thing just kind of repeats over and over, really. Um, sometimes but only a couple times because it's, it's not very long. Very short. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I found is there's another mode called Chaos Theory, and that's the one that I ended up playing the most. And basically it presents scenarios from the films, and you mm. either have to fix them or make them go the way that they're, they're supposed to go versus how they, they ended up being a disaster in the, in the films or whatever. You're basically fixing things that they screwed up in the films. I found that to be way more interesting. I also found it to be way bigger than the mm. actual campaign in this. It's also like managing an actual theme park. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't really do that in the campaign. The no, campaign you is, The campaign is very odd. It is odd. There's no, like, concession stands and all that kind of stuff that you would normally work with yeah. in a park And then sim. if you jump into sandbox mode, you're going to be expected to know that you need to do all that and how to do all that, and there's nothing there to teach you and You've that. never learned it. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird game. <clears throat> I, again, I haven't played a game like this in a while, Did, and I didn't play the last one. Is this better than the last one? No, it's practically an expansion pack oh really like it's very simple I mean, you got the you know the marine dinosaurs and the flying dinosaurs are new and you know the, the areas are bigger like okay. the fact that you can go out and catch them like you know it's different but it's very simple like like i said like a lot of the procedures are identical identical to the point that i knew them before the tutorial would tell me or if the tutorial didn't tell me i knew how to do it anyway because i'd already done it in the previous game so in the previous game you still do this you fly out you trank yeah. the dinosaurs and call in the transport <clears throat> tell it where to yeah. take i them. mean usually you don't have to do that unless they escape oh um you know that, that was not as common in, in this so catching game, dinosaurs wasn't a thing in the first one no because they weren't loose in the world oh okay gotcha that's a pretty big change so, but that's also maybe not for the better. Though. That's also not if you're playing Chaos Theory. That's also irrelevant because you are playing mm-hmm. the theme park sims from the previous right. previous movies. Yep. Um, and sandbox mode is more prevalent. Um, yeah, it's uh, the people who say that this probably should have been DLC are not wrong. Yeah. 
Um, it's sixty bucks, by the way. Yeah, it's a full price game. Yeah, that's with a season too pass. <laughs> that's way too much. Um, Especially because like, I'm playing it on Xbox, and like, oh god, the controls are bad. Like, really? I, like I continually wish I had gotten it on PC. Oh, it, I mean they're bad. So like flying the helicopter is weird mm-hmm. when you switch views. So you're trying to trank the dinosaur. Bad. Yeah. Like if the, di- all the dinosaur what- has to do is just go to the other side of the helicopter and you, is, yeah. then you have yeah. a, a 30 second turn to turn the helicopter around. You know, what's really annoying is like, there's an achievement for shooting, tranking a dinosaur from like 125 meters or something. And like I was shooting, you know, and it, like, and at one point, you know, sometimes like when you've got the Xbox idol, like the, the achievement things will pop up mm-hmm. and like, they'll show you. So it's like pop that up, and it's like progress made ninety nine percent. So I must have hit one from like one hundred and twenty four meters or something. I was like, oh, bite me! Don't show me that, yeah. you jerk. Uh, you do have to go to the pens. Like you, you basically set this little guard station up inside the pens. You have to assign like your workers to yeah, work the pens. You're supposed to go patrol for that, but sometimes you tell them to go. You have to have them go do something else, and then like sometimes they go back on the patrol, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they go um, back to base without you telling them to. Yeah, there's a lot of like <laughs> everybody wants to go back for coffee a lot. Like there's not uh, there's not a lot of stick to itiveness. Yeah, but you end up uh, in the pens. You have to go in, you scan them, and that's how you find out what their needs are. Yeah, needy little bastards. And then you go in, and like some of them like rocks. Like you yes, and you want more rocks. sand. Like you were out of pen. One of them I got was like I think it was an Allosaurus, and it was just, or no, it was a Brachiosaurus, and it was just like more space. More like there's no more space. Yeah, like, that's like, it. Won't that's let me build is. anymore. Like I can't. <laughs> you're gonna have to just deal with it. And, like, the interface for the fencing is weird. Like, it's hard to, like, dis- like if there's a hole in the <clears throat> fence, like, a lot of times instead of just patching the hole, it ended up, like, double mm-hmm. patching, like, a lot of the fence lines. You it's hard to, to draw. Do- it's also, like, it's it's hard enough to do them in, like, straight lines. Yeah. But it won't let you, like, do a certain distance out. Yeah, no, no. Like, I'm like, like, why can't You can't, can't I just- pick point A and point yeah, B why can't I just and put a fence in out? between. You unless have to draw like you, it in Unless sections. you, like, hold a button to make you do it, but I didn't find I never what that button it. was. If it I don't was know either. <laughs> and this is one of those games where I'm not, I don't want to mess with all the buttons because I don't want to know, I don't want to going to like cancel something or like throw me into some other menu I don't want to get out of. The most exciting um, part of this game is when the dinosaurs attack your Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> they like send it flying or whatever and then knock themselves unconscious after they do it. Yeah, and the it- most dangerous <laughs> job in this park is medic. It is, absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't explain yeah. that either. So, like, there's a early on, there's there's a thing where, like, the Brachiosaurus has, like, a broken leg or something. And so, like, there's, like, oh, you can shoot them with the, the medical darts to, like, heal them. And I'm just, like, a broken I, bone. I, I, like, well, I, like, emptied, like, 40 darts into this thing. And it's just not changing anything. And, it's, and then I'm, like, It killed oh. it. No, it didn't. But, but I just didn't do anything. And I'm, like, well, what does it want me to do? It's, like, oh, it wants me to airlift it to the medical center to repair its broken bone and then airlift it back to the pen. I'm oh, like, there first, it is. There the dinosaur is. I'm like, first off, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> Trank it, send the medics out, and they can set the bone right there in the field. Like, yeah. why do you want to lift? Bring the, it back. Why do you want to lift a 50-ton <laughs> animal with a helicopter, risking all kinds of further yeah. injuries? Probably how it got its broken leg in the first place. Yeah. Then drop it on a helipad and then bring it. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I killed a dinosaur because it wasn't registering that I was tranking it, and I wasn't getting <laughs> the meter that right. goes up. So basically, <clears throat> most of them it takes two darts to completely yeah. trank them. I wasn't getting the meter filling up showing that I had tranked it. So I just kept unloading it. I'm like, I'm missing, but I'm like right yeah. on. And it died. I over tranked <laughs> it and it died. 
But it died happy. <laughs> Oblivious <laughs> at the very least. And I had to start the whole thing over. Like, I don't know. This this is definitely not worth $60. Uh, no. That's bottom line. I mean, unless you are desperate for, like, 3D dinosaurs in tiny pens. And I'll say this. The dinosaurs look real good. They look, they look really good. Although yeah. there's, like, there's some there's some choices here yeah. that I don't agree with. And, like, in terms of, like, how the... Couple of car- a couple of the dinosaur sp- skulls are weird choices. But you got to um, remember, Matt, these aren't actually the dinosaurs. They've right. been genetically right, whatever. But, they explain that in the game. Right, but this, the <laughs> Megalosaurus skull doesn't look like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Also, like, Velociraptors couldn't take down a Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Like, if you just leave them alone long enough, they will kill the sauropod. You just stomp them. Yeah. A six-foot-tall you know, six turkey could kill us pretty easily, yeah. but three of them are not bringing down a sauropod. No, it's like, not Like, that's happening. the whole point of being a sauropod, is you need basically much larger carnivores to hurt them. There and are I know 79 that just... dinosaurs in this, Matt, and I think I knew probably 15. Yeah, the uh, the the it gets the, really the field granular. is much wider. I I recently when you know a few years ago when my 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 niece and nephew were into dinosaur stuff, I actually bought like you know more current you know little dinosaur Updated encyclopedia books, things. Yeah. I'm like I don't know who any like, like so yeah. many dinosaurs like currently come out. I either change the names, they have different names, or they're different types. Or now they have feathers. More about or they have the feathers. Or they didn't before. Um, or like a lot of them come out of China. Like, because they found so many bones there now, yeah. and I identified them, and, like, like paleontology out of China is, like, booming, because there's so many good finds there. Interesting. And so, like, so many of these, like, are basically versions of, like, types of dinosaurs we know, but they have new names because they're new species discovered in the last, like, 20 years, because uh-huh. of all the Chinese digs that have found new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Or, you know, some things, you know, Triceratops might be just a juvenile Taurosaurus now. That might be the yeah. same same uh, same animal. Um but it gets to still be called Triceratops because the Triceratops name is older. Yeah. You're never going to get rid of Triceratops. And now Brontosaurus is back somehow. Oh, really? That, that, it disappeared for a while? For a long time, it was believed that Brontosaurus was not a real species. It was just a uh, an Apatosaurus with the wrong head put on it. Oh. Um, but then now Brontosaurus is back somehow. I don't remember the details on that. Current, like, like the, the last 30 years of... Like dinosaur research are fascinating because so many things have changed and so it has new, a lot. new stuff has happened. A lot of stuff is with feathers too. A lot of dinosaurs they didn't think had feathers. Now they think they did. And yeah. Well, and yeah. some of them they don't. Like, you know, like like you know, Ankylosaurus probably did not have feathers. It was a giant armored tank. Yeah. But like the you know the, the bird like dinosaurs, yeah, like certainly T Rex probably had some kind of fluff on him. Yeah. Which um, not fully, but like yeah. Some and plumage, it's, and it's likely that uh, baby T. Rexes were more mo- more plumage. Yeah, like they, you know, and they the shed it over time. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen some of that stuff too. And also remember that feathers wouldn't look the way feathers do now. And Matt, I'll say this: I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more, more if it had stuff like this in it, where I was actually yeah. learning stuff. I mean, one of the disappointments <laughs> of the Jurassic World movies is that they didn't update the dinosaur appearances to be what we know they look like. Right. And yeah, they get around it with like, oh, it's a frog DNA. We're designing them. They're designer animals. We're designing them to look like what people expect them to look like. Yeah. But also like one of the one of the great things about the original Jurassic Park was it was one of the first times a movie had depicted, you know, warm-blooded, active dinosaurs that behaved the way, you know, modern paleontology at the time believed that they behaved mm-hmm. and, and brought up the bird connection. Although the first movie I ever saw that brought up the dinosaur bird connection was actually Godzilla 1985, believe it really? or not. Really? Like, he has a connection with birds in that movie that was, like, that was theorized that, like, di- dinosaurs and birds had were closely related. So Japan was ahead of the game on that one. Huh. Um, but, like, that revolutionized how, like, kind of the... the um, uh, it, it revolutionized how people thought about dinosaurs in the popular culture because, like, all of a sudden we knew, you know, the, the, the bird-like stuff was that. That's the other thing, like, when you go back, and I, I remember a lot of people, including my parents, hated the beginning of that of Jurassic Park where Grant basically, like, 
pretends to kill the kid that's questioning the raptors oh, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the desert. Yeah. I'm like, first off, that kid was a dick. Second, <laughs> um, the kid's like, well, it sounds more like a six-foot turkey. A six-foot turkey would be terrifying. Yes, it would, dude. Six-foot turkey will kill your ass. Are you, ta- are you kidding? I-, I wouldn't mess with a normal turkey. No, I wouldn't mess with a goose. They go out your eyes. <laughs> If you, if you've ever stared down a goose on the wrong side of the park trail, you know that birds are dinosaurs, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that is Jurassic. Yeah, when do we get our uh, Untitled Goose Game crossover? Yeah. With this? Put that in as DLC. Because <laughs> a goose comes in and just ruins everything. I'd be, I'd be down for that. <laughs> that would be I'd hilarious. pay five bucks for that. <laughs> that might be worth 60 bucks. But that game is not. Um, that's a $30, $40 game. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised. And also, honestly, there's independent games on PC that do the prehistoric animal park building thing better and more detailed and with more freedom. Yeah. And, like, like there's – I can't remember what it's, what the one is called, but I, people were – a lot of people, if, if you ever see on the, almost any conversation about this game on Twitter, someone's going to say, you should play this instead. And I can't remember what it was. I bet Rob Manuel knows. Um, but it's basically – it's still in – probably in early access, but it's still very robust. I mean, it's, you choose the level of the terrain and the pen, and you can paint this pen to look however you want it yeah. to, like, with different terrain types. And I mean, you can basically design how the park looks from, like, the ground up. And this does not do that. No, all. not at all. You are, you are very constrained. And some this. of the missions, it's, like, prefabbed. Like, you go yeah. in, and the stuff's already built, and you have to, like, t- tear stuff down to try <clears> to make it work and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, it's not a bad game. It's not a good game either, but no matter what, it's not worth sixty dollars. Yeah, it's just I, I find the interface very hard to penetrate. A lot yeah. of the time. it's just it's, it would it's, be better it's in its own way on a PC. Lot. Yeah, it would be sure. way better. Playing it on a controller was a little awkward. Yeah, sure. buying it on Xbox was a mistake. Yep, I think. But yeah, also, I don't know if my PC would run this very well. I also played this on Xbox. Um, that's what they sent me the code for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, they're definitely pushing it on Xbox as like. Yeah, like, I mean, it mostly works with a controller, but yeah. But also, if you're going to play on PC, I think there are better park building games. Yeah. Like, why constrain yourself to that? Because one of the reasons this thing is so constrained is because they're trying to make it work on a console. Oh, also we should mention, like, the actors from the films aren't really involved. Like, Chris Pratt's not there. They have their likenesses. Like, yeah, well, several of them are. Jeff Goldblum's in it. Goldblum's in it. Yeah. Uh, he um, narrates the whole Bryce thing. Bryce Dallas Howard is in it. The chick? Yeah. Yeah. Ron is that Howard- really her? Yeah, it's really her. Oh, it didn't sound like her. Ron Howard's daughter is in it. Yeah. Who directed a lot of good I mean, Mandalorian. I mean, the thumb that they used to show her face looks like her. Yeah. And the thumb looks like Chris Pratt, too. Yeah, it is. It's not him. It's just it's the same. It's the same guy. Who's, I think it's the same guy who, like, it's not a very good impression of him, but that guy does Chris Pratt in, like, all the games. Like, he does oh. He does Chris Pratt in... Um, That's his gig. In the Lego games. Wow. And, um, uh, and it doesn't the, pre- really the, previous, like the previous Jurassic Park Evolution. <laughs> um, he's, done, he's done Chris Pratt... Sound alike, apparently, but I don't think he sounds. Pratt's too busy like with it. Mario to voice this, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got Chris Pratt doesn't get out of bed for less than six figures. Come on, <laughs> like, let's, let's be honest. Um, there's a couple other people. I think you know they got a couple people from the from the movies in there, but like, it doesn't matter. They're just yelling at you to. Yeah, there's no stupid. cinematics with them. They're yeah. just their heads and voice samples. Also, yeah. in there is, I mean, there's like the still cinematics in the beginning of the campaign. Yeah, stuff. yeah, the animated. But, but note that they very carefully do not show Chris yeah, Pratt's right. character in that. So they don't have to pay for him. Yeah. Yep. We pay for the little headshot, and that's it. <laughs> yep. There you go. It's Jurassic World Evolution. It is available for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, 60 bucks. Don't buy it. I would pick this up in an indie sale six, eight months from now. 30 bucks max is what I would spend for it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you remember if they supported the last game with a lot of DLC? Oh, yeah, there was, was a lot. There was like two, two, two flights of DLC, as I okay. recall. So this game amount. will probably get better yeah. over time. And then you can probably get it cheaper for 30 bucks, and it makes more sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They they definitely. I mean, I think the the full the full Monty of the of the first one was on sale for like fifteen or something recently. Like they, it's a couple of years old. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. You guys may not realize it, but we have a couple big anniversaries going on right now. We're not just talking about G four relaunching today. Um, we're also at the one year mark for the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X. And yesterday, and a side note, was the twentieth anniversary of the original Xbox. Yeah. The OG Xbox. Um, well, I watched that stupid presentation thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> was it stupid? It was just like a very corporate sort of oh. celebration of Xbox. I Here's will Jay give, Allard. I, Here's Seamus Blackley. Oh, they didn't show Jay Allard. <laughs> no sex pests today. Thank you. Um, the, no, the uh, I was actually a little impressed because they did uh, talk about the errors at times. Oh. Uh, they did do a little, there was a little section on the Red Ring of Death. Even though um, that was Xbox 360, right? Well, they're talking about the whole history of Xbox. Oh, they're talking okay. about all 20 years oh, of Xbox. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and they, they, they did a little, a little red ring of death, death section, and a little achievement popped up and said mistakes were made. Kind of thing. <laughs> like they, 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 they nodded towards it. They had it. some fun. Yeah. Uh, and they talked about the, the documentary that's coming, I think, this weekend. It's like hosted by Tina Wood. Tina Wood, but that's not her name. Anymore. She has a married name now. I can't oh. remember it. So, old G four person. Yeah, so she was. She was. No, I mean old. She was, I mean she worked she's not at old, the old she, G four. She was. She's old school. <laughs> Tina, you know I love you. <laughs> um, she's old school, but it's good to see her on camera again. Yeah. Uh, her is like her Tina's new name is Summer. Summer or something. something yeah. Summerfield yeah. or something. Summerville yeah, something like or something. Yeah. yeah. So she's in that, and um, all the people that are involved, and Kevin Pereira's in it mm. as a talking head kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, looked interesting. You know, I so. tweeted yesterday that. A lot of anniversaries make me feel old, but the anniversary of the Xbox does not for some reason. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out if it's because it's the only platform holder that has only existed as long as I've worked in the games industry. Right. Well, I mean, sort of. I... So I started, and then the Xbox launched like a year or two mm. later. Yeah, it was a long. I mean, it launched um, like the tail end of the, my first year. In it because I started writing stuff for the the tech TV website in December 2000 mm-hmm. and ended up like started doing like full full freelance production work as part of the team in the mid 2001. So mm-hmm. by the time that happened, like yeah, I'd been to I'm, I remember going to the GDC uh, right as right when uh, when was that? It must have been right after, but like it was right after the announcement of everything and uh, meeting Seamus Blackley at a party with with Adam Sessler and some other people and like. And they were—they kind of were introduced me as, as the new kid because I'd only been there for so, for so long. Yeah. And I remember Seamus Blackley looking at me, going, "He's like, keep these guys honest." And I'm just like, "I will." And then he quit like four days yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> so he's to give you that advice. Yeah, it's so funny how these guys were such huge, huge deals, Jay Allard, Seamus Blackley, and now mm. they could walk down the street and no one would even know oh, who yeah. they are. Like it's bizarre. I would know who Jay Allard was. Well, we would. I would be like, I'm still waiting to buy Velocity Girls T-shirt, dude. Where was that? <laughs> Uh, 15 years later, how yeah. later than that, longer than that, actually, I think, at this point. But for whatever reason, I did not feel old with the Xbox's 20th anniversary. I was like, that makes sense. That's yeah. that's right. That's true. That's good. I mean, I guess it does feel 20 years ago. I mean, that's still still pretty weird. You still have your Xbox? My original? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Hooked up. Mine still works. Yeah, mine yeah. still works. It's, okay. it was hooked up so I could play. What was I playing? I was playing uh, Obi-Wan. <laughs> There's so much weird stuff about it. There's a lot of the weird stuff. The controller is weird. The Duke. Yeah, the... I love that. I love that controller. That big round bulbous one, the first one yeah. with the big Xbox logo on it, and then the like the even the AV 
they had these weird provi- proprietary AV cables right. that had this huge interface you had to yeah, plug in. Like it's just, it was so weird. Well, I remember when we got so when we got the the review units yeah. and like basically like Miguel and I and a bunch of us had to play the hell out of thing, everything to get it reviewed in time uh-huh. for the launch show. And I played Project Gotham Racing for like six hours straight. Yeah. And at one point, like, it was, you know, to the, it was one of those, you know, we would do that in the game lab, right? You go and you forget what, you forget what time it is. And suddenly it's like seven. Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah. God, it's, the day's over. Like, yeah. There's so, no windows in the game. Lab. Yeah. Cause there's no window. You know, you came out and it was dark. You're like, Oh, um, yeah. but I think Miguel and I broke for dinner. Like we're just like, let's go get food. Cause we've been doing this for all day. Yeah. And so, and I remember those controllers were so big and so stiff that my my index finger because I'd been holding the, down the right trigger to to for, for gas, for the gas yeah. all the time. My in, if you're you ever um like hit your finger with a hammer or something and it, and the, and the pain has that thing where it kind of feels like your finger is eternally rising up. Yeah, you yeah. like your your nail is trying to escape from your finger. Yeah. It felt like that. Oh geez. Like I, I was like my finger hurt. Like it feels like I hit my finger with a hammer. Like <laughs> remember it had those little you... dinky black and white buttons. Yeah. And those hurt. If you pressed down on those, it just felt like a needle was going into your. Yeah, they're a little too small to be useful. That controller just was offset so awful. enough to be. And then when they did the revamp, they moved them down here <laughs> and made them recessed. And I'm like, I can't even find. Him anymore. That it was so weird. So bad. I. Some people like it. I think it's. I like the awful. Duke. I prefer. Really? I prefer the big one to the revamp. The controller S or whatever yeah. it was called. Really. Uh, in part because I love the S controller. I, I prefer the big one. Wow. In part because that layout with with yeah, well the white and black buttons are, are annoying. Sticks. But uh, uh, no, they both had offset offset sticks. I like the face button layout better for because it had for because of fighting games. Uh, okay. Because they it was kind of flat. The Duke was like. Yeah. You can almost was, sit it on your lap, and it was it's so big, it was almost like an arcade Yeah, the, the, the white and black are offset, <laughs> but it is basically a six-button yeah. layout. Yeah, And you move them down here, it gets weird. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so anyway, that's not even what we're here to talk about. That was just like a sidebar. <clears throat> but as we often do on Game Face, the sidebar can go off and, uh, and last for quite a while. What we're really here to discuss is we want to do a year one report card for both the PlayStation 5 <laughs> and the Xbox Series X. Give letter grades to each one. And pick which of the two we think has been the better console to own for the first year on the market. It's not easy. It's not simple. Um, when I was taking a shower today, getting ready to come in here, when I do all my best thinking, I was, uh, I was like, man, that, that's a hard choice because they're, they've both taken different approaches. Let's start with the PlayStation 5, Matt. What... What has been a pleasant surprise for you with the PlayStation 5, and what has been the thing that's disappointed you the most from its first year? Um, I mean, the hard drive size is still the most disappointing thing about that system to me. I agree. Um, And it's because we thought it might be an issue back when it launched, and would you say it's been more or less of an issue than you thought at first? um, A little less, but still an issue. For me, it's been more of an issue. For you, I imagine, because of the size of the shooters you play. Yeah. The size of the files. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you have one game that's taken up 200 gigs, like, yeah. that's a third of your hard drive space. It yeah, I mean, been... basically that and the production availability issues yeah. are the two big... Issues with it. Worst things about the system. What about pleasant surprises for you? Um, I mean, I guess, like, you know, I don't know. They're not surprises so much, but I, I have not been let down by the library... Is really? It, you know, yeah, I don't think so. Like I, Ratchet and Clank delivered. Returnal was way better than I expected it to be. Um, I think they've been good. Yeah. It's the quantity that, 
I played a lot of stuff on the PS5, even stuff that was multi-platform. I don't ding something because I played, you know, uh, multi-platform. Yeah, I don't ding Ghost of Tsushima I again. because I already had a console that could play that stuff. That's Not bad. that well. Doesn't look like that. It doesn't, it, but I don't, I'll be honest, man. Like, for a lot of the third-party stuff, I don't think the PS5 version looks all that much better than the PS4 Pro. Mm. Like, I played um, most of Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, on my PS4 Pro, and then in the middle of playing it, I got the PS5, and <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like, it didn't look that much better, and I think that's pretty much true for a lot of the third-party stuff that's coming out for both of them. Eh. Like, I, that is my big disappointment, is the I lack of... I most of the third-party stuff on the Xbox, so I don't mean, you know, like, but, but Valhalla, while it doesn't look all that different on between the Xbox One X and the Series X, it runs way better. Yeah, that does make a difference, uh, the, for sure. The, 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 the smoother performance and the faster load times are, are worth it to me. Um, that's, the, that's the other nice thing about how... The, the, the change in load times on the PS5 is very noticeable, and I appreciate that. Yep. For both consoles, yeah. that's been a pleasant um, surprise. For sure, and, I didn't think uh, I would appreciate it as much as I do. No, I, I didn't really care about load time, but like it does make a difference. Yep. And, and you know, even in Ghost of Tsushima, which had almost had no load time already on the PS4 mm-hmm. Pro, but it is still noticeable on that. Yep, it's, for it's sure. It's interesting. But for me, the lack of exclusives that run just on PS5, the lack of quantity for those, I will agree with you. What has been released has been incredible. I've enjoyed. I enjoyed Returnal. I've never really enjoyed Roguelikes before. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed playing that game. Um, I like to definitely It's a better a Metroid game than Metroid Dread. It is, absolutely. Um, but the quantity of exclusives for PS5, I very <clears> rarely <throat> wa- did I find myself really happy that I had a PS5 in its first year. Like, yeah, I mean, it was almost more of like, I've got one and I know other people want them and that made me feel special, but not actually using the device. I mean, I think between... Both Spider-Man's and uh, Demon Souls and Returnal Ratchet. and Ratchet and I liked Kina. Um, it la- and, I mean, I was the, through that in like a day. Yeah, like it was yeah. Fun. it was nice. Goes mm-hmm. uh, Astro uh, Astro mission Astro's mission. Uh, uh, nice surprise. I mean, that was free, but it was mm-hmm. it was it was nice nice game. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see them expand that further. Um, you know, like I I'm happy with it. Like it hasn't blown me out the back of the back of the theater or anything, but yeah, like, I mean, I'm. It's not like I regret getting it or anything like yeah. that. I just we were talking about like what it, things have disappointed. If it was super available now and like you just walk in a store and buy a PS5, I wouldn't be upset that I didn't wait until now or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm happy with it. My, I use the Xbox more, but yeah. that's largely because of the storage space. It is, that's a big part of it. My pleasant surprise for the PlayStation Five has been the DualSense controller. I completely underestimated how important it was going to be. Now, I do turn off a lot of his features when I'm playing games where I care about being competitive. But if I'm playing, if I have the choice of playing a game on my Series X or my PS5, storage space, not an issue, Mm -hmm. I'll play PS5 every time Mm -hmm. because of that controller, the DualSense. It adds something to games that I'm not getting, I'm still not getting on xbox yeah i don't i never think about the controller really i do not like the haptic feedback thing mostly oh i do i I find it distracting like because like i don't like stop simulating footsteps on controllers like i don't that's weird i I don't feel i mean the xbox does that sometimes too yeah um but like i don't know it doesn't really add anything using weapons i think especially if you play games that have a bunch of different weapons and seeing how the haptic feedback works differently for each weapon i think that's really cool 
Yeah, I think it's really cool, but then I turn it off because I don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> That's like, funny. Well, to me, that was one of the pleasant <clears throat> surprises of the PS5. Um, let's switch over to Xbox Series. What has been your disappointment with Xbox Series so far, if any? Um, I mean, the main disappointment is that none of the, uh, not that it's unexpected necessarily, but none of the new studios they've bought have paid off yet. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we're still waiting for all of all them. this content from all these new studios, all these acquired studios who we know is going to, you know, I'm thinking pretty sure like 90% of it's going to be great, but like, well, think it's about not this. here yet. We're still stuck with Forza and Halo. Well, think know? about this. The irony is that they buy Bethesda. And Bethesda proceeds to release an exclusive game for PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the crazy part. I mean, that's bonkers to me. Well, the deal was already in place. So. But you are right. We, we're still in that same cycle of Halo, Gears, Forza. Yeah. We, it's yet to break out of it. I do believe next year. Yeah, finally, we'll break next year. But, like, but right now, still, you're still. You're right. It's been another year like we've had on Xbox for the last, like, <laughs> eight years straight or however long it's been. I was surprised to see that Xbox One sold 50 million units. Did you see that? Hmm? Did you see Xbox One sold 50 million units? That's a lot. I was surprised by that. I mean, you can get it, so that's probably part of it. Yeah. So that has been... The lack of software continues to be a problem for Microsoft. It is remedying it, but like I thought... They like Hellblade would be out by now. Yeah, I did think Hellblade would be this year. I mean, there's a few games that I thought we would have got this year that we didn't get. Um, we still, as you said, we haven't seen any of the fruit of all those acquisitions. They're coming. Um, so those are some disappointments. What are some things you've been pleasantly surprised by, though? Um, I think just in general, the performance of of everything on it, like it, yeah, everything runs pretty. Unless you're dealing with something that is like kind of across the board, across the platforms, technically broken GTA. Uh, (laughs) everything runs pretty well the backwards compatibility stuff has been you know pretty rock solid um yeah like it you know it it it, uh it all hangs together i'm pleasantly surprised by the fact it's become my daily driver yeah it is the console i use the most i never would have guessed that and even i honestly would use both of them pretty equally if the storage space wasn't yeah it's it's really amazing how big a deal the storage space has become I don't want to spend four hundred dollars to expand my PS5's no. hard drive. I just don't. No. That's I mean, insane. I stuck a I stuck an SSD external on it. I could buy a it. friend or a relative a PS5 for that. I stuck an SSD external on it, like to put the PS4 games on. And it's which like helps. good enough for yeah. whatever. Yeah. But like, I, I'm also not installing 140 gigs worth of Call of Duty on the thing. So. Yeah. I am. Um, I am shocked that my Series X is my daily driver. It's the one I. And between the fact that it has a bigger hard drive space. Um, the fact that a lot of times when I go to get review code from PR mm. people, people suck up the PS5 codes right away. A lot of times I get an Xbox code anyway. I have the space for it. Game Pass has become a thing for me that yeah. I didn't anticipate becoming a thing for me. Um, I will say this. the I was having problems with my Series X losing sync with my TV. It had disappeared <clears throat> for the last two months, and it came back last night. Hmm. I don't know why. But I was playing Halo Infinite Online, which we're going to get to here in a minute. And the screen would just go black while I was playing. I was like, oh, it's back. Like, So there's something in the hardware that is having problems like connecting to my television. I don't know if this is an isolated thing that I only no, I deal mine with. Mine does that. It blacks out once in a while. But usually... Usually it's something it, it's a it's a resolution switching thing. It's something that's just not communicating right. Um, usually the way... The, if it, usually it only happens like a little bit and it stops. 
Especially it it goes off for like four seconds and it comes back on. I don't see. It doesn't usually go off that long, but it's, like, it's more of a split second to one second. But it, sometimes it'll do it constantly. It'll do yeah. like every every few, almost more black than screen. And if that happens, I have to restart the system, and that usually fixes it for quite some time. Yep, I found myself using the backwards compatibility on my Series X way more than my mm-hmm. PS5 um, because I know I can just stick a disc in it and it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And it, that may actually work on my PS5 too. But for whatever reason, mentally, I've just accepted that that works. It works the best on Xbox, and so why mess around with PlayStation when I? And plus, my retro library from the 360 era, all Xbox. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, that era, Xbox 360, I have hundreds of games. PS3, I have exclusives, and that's it. I have like 30 PS3 games and hundreds of Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And so that backwards compatibility means more to me. Um, yep. I'm a little disappointed in the controller, ultimately, for Series X. Uh, it didn't really do anything. There's nothing special about it compared to what I was playing with on Xbox One. Um, and I think Microsoft got a little caught a little flat-footed there. <coughs> I, don't I don't think they did, because I don't think the DualSense matters. You don't? No. I wonder what chat thinks about that. If our chat thinks that haptic feedback and all this stuff DualSense does makes any difference to them. The problem is that most people in our chat are going to have one or the other. They're not going to have both. Right. But um, I, the, the, I, honestly, the haptic feedback, it never enters my mind. Huh. Like, in fact, the only time I've even thought about it recently was when I was thinking about maybe playing Riders Republic, and you said that the haptic feedback helped with the, the feeling the, the bike on the road yep, and stuff. And I was like, oh, edge, I should get yep. that on PS5. And then I realized I didn't have room to install it, so, <laughs> I, didn't, so I didn't buy it. Yeah. So uh, Ubisoft lost a sale because of haptic <laughs> feedback and a lack of storage space on the PS5. That's crazy. Because I didn't want to turn around and get it on the Xbox One or the yeah. Xbox Series because it doesn't have the feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, your, your, the features... the, the the additional feature plus the shortcoming <laughs> lost Ubisoft a sale. That's crazy. Um, well done, Sony. Well, I do care about that stuff, and Microsoft's controller is far behind the DualSense controller. I have a feeling that that's going to be remedied here. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, I think Forza Horizon 5 has really good rumble. It's um, good. It's not the DualSense, though. It's less annoying than the DualSense to me. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think, I don't know. I, like, I, I recognize the DualSense is a more technologically advanced piece of hardware, but I don't find it useful or interesting or immersive. Huh. I, I find it distracting and annoying. Wow. It does nothing for me. See, I found that about the Xbox controller. Because what I found I mean, the Xbox controller, controller does it too. It's like it will just sit there and go, eh. I mean, the Xbox <laughs> controller does that too. Like, I don't think Rumble is a useful thing for the most part. Really? I don't, I don't find it. Very, immer- and I think it's overused. I think it can be I would u- agree with that. I think it'd be used I think it effectively be effective. in certain elements, but it's like if you're doing things where, like, you know, the, the elite is bad about that too, because the elite makes a weird whiny noise when it when it buzzes at a certain frequency, yeah. and sometimes you get that there's like it just goes yeah, it just goes like shut up. <laughs> That's like, what I was talking about a minute ago. Yeah. Um, the other problem is like it, the other problem I have with the uh, rumble is that like on something like the like the um, what you call it the. Uh, uh, <laughs> makes your hands itchy. I like that. <laughs> this is interesting. Actually, let's go to chat here because people have some interesting comments on the, this stuff. The, the extreme amounts of rumble burn out my uh, rechargeable batteries in my Xbox controllers faster. Like Forza Horizon 5 goes through a rechargeable battery set a day. And really? Usually, usually it lasts like four days. Well, one thing I will say is that the battery life on the Xbox controller versus the PlayStation controller, it's night and day. I can charge my Xbox controller and I can play with it for like a month. Yeah, I usually, have to usually that is true. 
Usually I, that is true. I but have to constantly charge the dual sense, and that is my biggest complaint with the dual no, sense. Usually that is true, but the uh, the Forza, Forza and still lasting long because I can't play unplugged the dual sense for a day because it'll burn. And I think that's largely because of the rumble. Because um, like if the rumbles really engage, like in Forza or another game like that with uh, on Xbox, like those those rechargeable batteries are gone in hours. I'm and sure. a normal game, if I'm playing like a game with like a normal amount of rumble, like they'll last a week. Schneeky says that he has the same problem with his TV and his Xbox. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't happen on my PS5 at all. Only no. on my Xbox. No, I've seen that as a problem on Xbox. I've it's seen weird. it mentioned on Reddit I don't get it. Stuff. Like, why can't they fix it? Um, ETH Demon Xbox controllers have been my preferred since 360. Commander Fett, give me haptic feedback on my mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So I guess he's saying he likes PS5 and wishes it, it came to more. Or maybe um, he likes the concept but wants it on a control on his control scheme he uses. That's true. Uh, JM Rain 99, what's up, brother? Says uh, I have both. I enjoy the PS5 controller and would like for it to be the standard. However, it is not a deal marker for, maker for me. Okay, I can get that. Um, haptic feedback in Horizon Five is great. There isn't haptic feedback. There is if you play it on PC. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Justin Horman, I have two Dual Sense controllers. No PS5 yet. LOL. That is LOL. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? <laughs> oh, he's trying to use it on his PC, I guess. No PC games that do Dual Sense haptic feedback yet either. Okay. Um, Erebus Jones, haptic sounds cool, but not a deal breaker. The sticks being offset is a bigger deal for me. Yeah, that is. I, I do prefer the offset sticks. Can totally get that. <clears throat> uh, but I've not tried a PS5. Wow, man, you haven't tried it yet, huh? Uh, Although I did briefly consider buying the GTA collection on PS5 because I've played those games with P- P- PS PlayStation controllers so much uh-huh. that I kind of felt it felt like like continuity. Uh-huh. But I didn't. That's I crazy. A, I got an Xbox. Um, Andy T. Monahan says Last of Us Two is okay playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, that, that was cool. That thing. was cool how they did that. For it's sure. other things like it's it's the little like I love that Ghost of Tsushima uses the vibration to create flute notes. Yeah. It plays music with the vibrations. Well, it's That's kind of cool. like that one road. Is it in Arizona where you drive right. at a very right. specific speed and it plays right. a song? But it, yeah, the, yeah, the vibrations mirror the notes of the flute he's playing, so it kind of plays the music out, out yeah. of your controller. That's cool. But also, I'm not trying to play the game when it's doing that. <laughs> like it's just a cool, a cool yeah. little thing. I'm like, oh, that's neat. But if it was doing that every, if it tried to simulate like the swish of a sword every time I hit the attack button, I'd throw it through the wall. Yeah. Sneaky says, uh, DualSense is a fantastic extra to me. I love the audio from games. The built-in mic and triggers are great for Fortnite. The built-in mic and speaker on the PS5. <clears throat> I hate games that turn it on by default. Like, yeah. like we were playing It Takes like Two. Yeah. I didn't even know that you could hear me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like That happens to me all the time. Because it, a lot of games by default, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, no, if you doesn't matter. Every time you reboot it again, it will automatically mm-hmm. turn it on. I don't even know. People will be like, "Din fire, turn off your mic." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oop, we gotta hit the button again." <laughs> it is handy though. Like, I like that there's a mic and a speaker on it, so you don't have to use a headset if you don't want to. I just wish games would turn it off by default, so I don't have to keep turning. Yeah, it, it off feels manually. like that should definitely be something you would opt into. Yeah, uh, more people eat demon. Also, offset sticks is a deal breaker. And I think that's it. Yep. Okay. Great comments, as always, from the chat. Um, Matt, which one have you enjoyed more in its first year? Um, it's a tough call. I mean, I don't know. I don't really... It, it doesn't have anything to do with the hardware, does it? It's just the games. Well, right. And I've chosen to play... You know, I'm sure I would have enjoyed Valhalla just as much on PS5, but I didn't choose to put it on PS5. Mm-hmm. I played it on Xbox. 
Like, uh, in terms of exclusives, I think, you know, the things that I can only play on one system, PS5 runs away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, just because the Xbox doesn't have any of that stuff ready yet. Yeah. Talk to me in a year, and it might be different, because we're going to get, you know, maybe Hellblade or Outer Worlds 2 or yeah. you know, whatever the hell. Um, avowed somewhere along the line. I mean, there have been some pretty good exclusives. We just got Forza Horizon 5. Forza's great. I mean, Halo's going to be here in a week. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's That's a really hard call. Because I agree with you. The, ex- the exclusive software on PS5, I've enjoyed more. Like, I really appreciate that I was able to play Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Mm-hmm. Like, the time that I spent playing that, it feels <clears throat> important and special to me. And I don't know that I've replicated that yet on Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. But I've spent so much more time playing my Xbox Series X that I've built, as I've <laughs> talked about before, a relationship with the console where it's like my bro. Like, I have an affinity for it. Whereas the PS5 is this thing that just kind of comes into my life for like five days and then it disappears again for another month and a half or two months. Whereas Mm -hmm. Xbox is always there and I'm always using it. So man, first of all, first thing I should say is kudos to both companies because for a first year for consoles, both of them have been pretty amazing. Um, we've got a good selection of exclusive games for both of them. The amount of just software in general, because they are backwards compatible, is amazing. Obviously, Game Pass is this new gateway to experience games and sample games we aren't we haven't had before. So I would say both of them have done great, um, and they're both I think worthy. Like I don't regret buying either for five hundred and fifty dollars. I'm totally cool mm-hmm. with the money I spent for both <clears throat> of them. But I think if someone asked me like. If I could have only had one for the last year, which one would it have been? I think it would have been Xbox Series X. Hmm. Like, would I sacrifice the time I spent playing Spider-Man and Ratchet and the two hours I spent playing Demon's Souls and the good bit chunk of time I spent playing Returnal for the dozens and dozens of hours I've spent playing my Xbox? I don't know if I would. Most of the thing is, like, yeah, I have certainly played the Xbox more, but... I could have done every, almost everything I did on the Xbox. I could have done on the PS5. You could have done. I just would have had to juggle some more installs back and forth. You had to have spent a lot more money because you um, didn't have Game Pass there. You'd have to buy the games outright instead of just downloading them yeah. for thirteen bucks a month or whatever. Somewhat. And I wouldn't have played those games. I would not have bought those games for full price. Yeah. But I but I ended up playing them and enjoying them. Because but the stuff I really dug into and played the longest better were, on were PS5 thing, were things I bought. Yeah. Um, I hear you. It's a tough call. Like, I don't have that kind of attachment to the hardware, yeah. really. Like, it's, it's, I don't care what I play something on. Um, you know, obviously, exclusives are exclusives and all, but, like, I have no affinity or, or affection for my Xbox Series X because I play it more. Like, it's just what I play things on because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, in terms of, you know, again, I'm still, if you, I'm going to tell you, to, if you have both of them in front of you and you can only buy one of them, buy a PS5. You would still recommend PS5? Yeah, because PS5 has amazing stuff coming. You, you, it's, yeah. like, it's like, okay, we don't know quite what's coming next year for Xbox, but it's probably some pretty good stuff. But we know for certain that in the first half of the next year, you're going to play Horizon 2. Do and we then know God, for certain? And then God of War is coming. Like, it's like, Do we? Yeah. Yeah. The way delays have been happening anymore. I don't... Horizon will be out in February. Yeah. No question. God of War, I think, is going to be their holiday game. Maybe. But... Uh, the the this the PS5 has the more guaranteed strong upfront library 
uh, and we still don't quite, you know, Xbox is going to be great eventually, but eventually it could be years. I think my grades for the first year, I give Xbox Series X a B plus and PS5 a B. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they're both Bs. I think they're both great. <laughs> I think we're spoiled. We're very lucky to have these two pieces of hardware that have a crazy supply of software for both of them um, that really have had no major issues. Where there's no red ring of death or anything no. like that. Outside of the, the occasional bricking the first week or so of PS5. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but they dealt with that pretty fast. Yeah, but otherwise, like, the hardware hasn't been buggy. Um, they're trying to find ways to make it cheaper so they can manufacture more. Supply chain has really been the biggest issue. But that's a problem with everything because of the pandemic. So um, I think both companies have done an amazing job. And I don't think you can go wrong buying either one, honestly. Mm -hmm. And you, I don't think you could have gone wrong buying either one for this and having it for this past year. Like, I just think either <clears throat> one that you could have got would have serviced you well. Yeah, I would have felt like I was missing out on stuff if I didn't have a PS5. You have FOMO over like Ratchet or something yeah, like that, for sure. Yeah. Or, or Spider Man or yeah. any of that. You know, obviously some of that can be played on PS4, but it doesn't look like that. Yeah, it's true. Regardless, we're all winners because we have two <clears throat> great platforms. Both are healthy. Both are thriving. Um, they both they're not the same. So I believe there's also some incentive to have both. Yeah. Um, there's reasons to own both. It's uh. It's a good situation for us to be in as players. Let's just put it that way. We are really spoiled right now. And as Matt said, it's only going to get better. It's going to be a great year for PS5 next year. It's also going to be a great year for Xbox Series X. They're going to have games finally. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great first year for both of those consoles, both Gen 9 consoles. <clears throat> um, just feel very fortunate to own both uh, on a personal level. I know a lot of people out there can't. I know a lot of people have gone through some tough times with COVID, losing jobs and things like that. And uh, so I feel very fortunate to be able to have both and uh, to have played both. And uh, it's only going to get better. So here's to year two of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And hopefully you guys are all along for the ride with us. Um, not Cirque. The only PS5 game I played this year is Miles and Returnal. Huh. I think that's... You didn't play Ratchet. Yeah. This is getting ratchet for Black Friday. Ah, you should have played that first. <laughs> In my humble opinion, game's amazing. It's the technical marvel. It's it's the game that like, oh, that's why I spent five hundred and fifty dollars on this thing that sits underneath my television. Anyway, all right, it's time to move on to the last topic of episode two seventy nine, <clears throat> and this was just a gift from the heavens that fell into our laps yesterday. Although it wasn't completely out of the blue no, because about rumors had been flying around for a few days about it. And yesterday, on the 20th anniversary of Xbox, Microsoft shadow dropped the multiplayer <clears throat> for Halo Infinite. And it wasn't just like, hey, here's a little beta you can fiddle. It's the whole suite. Mm -hmm. It is what was planned planned to be launched with the campaign on December 8th. Is that right? When the campaign's yeah. coming, I think. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, you know what? It's done. Let's just give it to people. And that's awesome. Um, Matt, how much time did you get to spend with it? A couple hours. I played a few rounds. I uh, played a lot. Took a long time. <laughs> I wasn't home much yesterday, and I took a long time just to get it. I couldn't get it up and running. I, basically, I left it to update itself. And then when I got home, it was still, it wouldn't open. It would be like, oh, something went wrong. Try again later. I was like, okay. So I, eventually, I figured out I could launch it from the uh, store page, and it would open. And then I played for a while. That was about it. 
um, just enough to know like whether I, you know, just enough to know how it felt. It's good. That was that was enough. Yeah, it's it was perfect timing because it was the 20th anniversary of Xbox. I put out my emotional tweet <clears throat> about how it didn't make me feel old and actually made me feel a little bit young. And then an hour later, there's the brand new Halo, um, and you got to realize Halo is what kept Xbox alive mm-hmm. in that first generation. If it weren't for Halo, there would be no Xbox Series X. Yeah, there would be no Xbox 360. Yeah, there just but, wouldn't. Well, there would have been. You think? Microsoft was willing bent. to lose oh, that yeah. much money. That was what Bill reportedly what Bill Gates said when they started that it was like like we need to own the living room and I don't care how much money it costs. Like they were going to make that system until somebody pulled the plug way up high. Hmm. Well, there's nobody higher than Bill Gates, so <laughs> at least back then, especially. Yeah, back now then. there are, but back then there weren't. Yeah, they would have kept going, I think. But uh, it would, it would, they would have a much more uphill battle oh, without okay, Halo let me being rephrase the, the, that. the cultural phenomenon it became. The original Xbox would have been a miserable failure if it were not for Halo. Yeah, it would have been another Saturn. Yeah, I mean, it would. I have love just the Saturn. Died on the vine. You can't sell a game. You can't sell a game console on the back of Nightcaster. Think, yeah, <laughs> think about the launch games for Xbox. Oh, the launch games were abysmal. abysmal. Terrible. Other than Halo and uh, Project Gotham. Yeah, that was it. Um, So, for a lot of reasons, releasing this yesterday on the 20th anniversary of Xbox was appropriate and hit hit me in the feels in a couple ways. And then I started playing. And it took me right back to 20 years ago. It's, I'll say this, playing Halo Infinite's multiplayer, it reminded me i will often say like oh another year another call of duty and shooters haven't changed that much they haven't really evolved that much oh yes they have after playing halo infinite yesterday i was reminded of how much shooters have changed now i'm not saying they've changed for the better or for the worse they've just changed a lot um and in some ways halo now feels like a throwback Mm -hmm. which is ironic because it was this bleeding edge next level whatever mm-hmm. when it came out it was like, like it was the thing that even like pc snobs were like oh, we're like, oh play that. yeah i gotta play that like you know i was playing tribes at the time and when i first saw halo i was like oh that's like half a tribes or whatever uh, because you still couldn't fly in halo um like you could in tribes where you have a jetpack but even i played halo and was like this is still really good even though it's not you know as robust as tribes was at the time um, but I could sit on my couch and play it, and I didn't need a Voodoo 2 card. I'd have to sit in the corner of my PC on a computer chair and blah, blah, blah. And my friends were more apt to play Halo because they didn't have to have a gaming PC with a Voodoo 2 card to play it. They could just buy an Xbox for 250 bucks or whatever, and they could play it. And uh, it was a revelation. Now you play it, and it fe- – it- this – it does not feel like an old game, though. I want to make that clear. <laughs> no. Th- this game is very slick, very smooth. Um, yeah, smooth is definitely the word that kept coming to mind. Yeah. The frame rate. Which is not <laughs> something you could say about Halo at all times. No. Frame rate, rock solid. I will say this. It's not as good looking as I thought it might be, but it's yeah. still really good looking. It does make me a little concerned for the campaign, though. I think the campaign's going to look very different. I It probably will. I think the multiplayer in this looks like the first look at the campaign. A little bit. Yeah. And now they've dialed stuff up for the campaign. I think they've left it there for the multiplayer. It still looks amazing and runs like a beast. Like, I never saw anything fluctuate. And crazy stuff is happening 
all the time in this, which is what I loved and I had forgotten about it, <clears throat> is just the mayhem. What did you spend most of your time playing? Um, I was mostly you played in the, big team battle or the smaller. I games? played uh, like one big team battle and a couple of four four v four. Okay, things. Pretty much, I played like two four v four matches and then I went big team battle and just rocked that for the whole rest of the day and all last night. Because that to me is the Halo experience mm-hmm. when you've got a huge map, tons of vehicles, twenty four characters, all the guns, all the abilities. Now I had to kind of relearn how to play Halo. I had not played. Halo multiplayer for even with Halo 5, I probably only played it for like 15 hours, 20 hours. I almost played that yesterday on Halo Infinite. Between like I work for a couple hours, I'd play for an hour, I'd work for an hour, I'd play for two hours. I was just kind of jumping back and forth between work and Halo Infinite all day yesterday. And I enjoyed the living crap out of it, man. I'm hooked. I am totally hooked. Um, How did you feel about it overall? I enjoyed it. It's not something I'm going to spend a lot of time on, but is it too samey? Um, yeah, it does. It's still, it still doesn't break the I've done it before mold because, like, basically early on, I was like, oh yeah, it was kind of like pleasant feelings of like I remember this and like oh I remember the feeling you know that feeling of getting their shield down and then getting that final shot in before they can kill you and like or the land in the melee you're you know, both the, running the, the at each other thing, and you yeah. lay in the melee and get the kill and so then the, a, everything goes flying all yeah. those grenades and everything so there's an element was an element like oh yeah this I remember all this. and then like by the end of that I was like yep this is the same fucking game I was sick of <laughs> you know 20, ten years ago um, I mean it's 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 it very it runs very well it's it's fun in that regard it is not something that's going to change my i don't care about multiplayer yeah habits um but you did you enjoy playing a shooter for at least a few fleeting moments yeah I wow enjoyed, i mean i enjoyed that's great i enjoy playing uh, the old halos and stuff and mm-hmm. the, the most interesting thing about it to me was that uh you know my my old uh, online group doesn't really doesn't play together anymore mm-hmm. people have moved on to other things but every single one of them was playing this where are they night. That's cool. Not together. Yeah, yeah, but they were on. Because a bunch there. of them don't talk to each other anymore. <laughs> but they were they were all playing this. Yeah, it was odd for Some me. Some of it was like, oh, good, they're not dead. <laughs> it was odd for me to play a shooter where you don't start out with a loadout, <clears throat> where you don't before the match starts go in and choose the guns that you want, all the attachments you want, any abilities that you want, any of that stuff. You start each match as just a Spartan. You yeah. have to collect everything in the map. That is so alien now. Because you don't play Fortnite. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Smart. though. You're right, though. Fortnite is... That's the thing now. Though. It is it's back that. to that. Yeah. So, it's like everything came full circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, waiting to respawn, like, after you die and sitting there and having to watch the counter tick down again, like, that's not a part of shooters anymore. You die in all shooters now, you hit the friggin' square button, and you're right back in the fight. You don't sit and, like, wait for the stuff to count down. Um, just remembering how you have to memorize the maps, where all the weapons are. Like, where's the sniper rifle? Where's the rocket launcher? Um, where's the needler? Like, each map, you know, has different placement. And very by the end of the day, I had learned where a lot of that stuff was, and I had become parts of the races to get to the weapons which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to have to do in a shooter in 2021. I enjoyed it for nostalgic purposes yesterday. I don't know if I'll enjoy that over the long haul. Yeah, the big question does seem to be, will the stain power be there once the nostalgia, nostalgia wears, wears off? Because the vehicles, too. It's like the match starts. It's a mad dash to get to the vehicles. And if you don't get one, you're a sitting duck for the first 20% of that match. 
And if you die, you got to hope that there's a vehicle sitting there that's respawned so you can jump in it and uh, and take off. Because it's a huge advantage mm-hmm. to be in a vehicle versus not being in a vehicle. All this stuff, like, has been kind of excised from shooters other than, like, Battlefield for years now. Um, a lot of shooters don't even have vehicles anymore. Um, I played mostly big team battle with 24 players. It was just mania. Just crazy stuff happening all <laughs> over the place. That's what I love about Halo multiplayer is it's just mayhem. Like, especially if you get on one of these maps that isn't just gigantic and it's mm-hmm. only, like, kind of gigantic and people are compressed in and they're forced to fight a little bit more, man, stuff gets so hectic and there's just, you know, getting back to, you know, you have two grenades with every spawn and picking up grenades if you want a sticky grenade or some other kind of a grenade. All that stuff I had forgotten about, and I really enjoyed doing it yesterday, like, all day long. Um, I ended up having to customize my control scheme because the grenades by default are on the left bumper instead of the right bumper. And now through all these years, I'm used to having grenades on the right bumper. So I had to go in and set it up and change it to that way. Um, Character customization, that's definitely something that's lacking in this. I mean, you're basically just all Master Chief with different paint jobs. Mm -hmm. And with other shooters now, they all have like hero shooters, obviously, have completely different characters. Well, there's tons of different armor, but it's all like unlockable and it's all like season stuff and it's it, kinda... in all ultimate you still end up looking like a master chief with a different like elbow or whatever like it yeah, doesn't I mean, it's, it's like this the the recon one looks different the samurai one looks different I mean, eventually it'll be a little more differentiated as time goes on it will but stuff it's still never going to be as differentiated as most shooters and in i bet they'll add in other things and you can they could but it, it is insane you probably have elites in there at some point it is insane because like you have a piece of armor for like your hand like, mm-hmm. there's, like, 20 different pieces of armor that you set up in this game, and you can choose and customize and paint and put stickers on it and blah, blah, blah. But still, at the end of the day, when the match ends and your team is standing there, they all look pretty much the same. They, they're a different color. Yeah, well, it but, is an army. Yeah, I guess. It, it just, again, it's just something that stands out for a shooter in 2021. Also, the limited traversal. Like, there's no sliding. Um, there's not that much. The clamoring. The grappling hooks. What'd you say? There's the grappling hooks. They're in here, um, but it's an an ability. And that's really the biggest, where this franchise has evolved the most, is the abilities. And I'll fully admit, it took me half the day before I really started using them. Because like the weapons, you have to pick them up out in the field. You don't choose what ability you want before the match starts. You find them out in the field. And so it does allow you to try them all. I went through all of them yesterday at different points. But it doesn't let you find one that you really like and then always use it. Um, and a lot of times I can't the, you, you pick something up you get the icon I don't know what the icons mean yet so I'm just like screw it let me hit my ability button and see what I got oh this is something that gives me a, a shield for five seconds oh there's the grappling hook I, you know, I was hoping I'd finally get to use it and check it out it's just it's very different from shooters that most people have been playing for a long time um, one thing that I did not like very much is that you can never stay on a server so a match ends, you can't just sit there and wait for the next match to start. You get booted out, you have to go and select start again. The time between matches compared to like Call of Duty is an eternity. That's something that they're gonna need to fix. That is part of the secret sauce of Call of Duty that Activision has figured out, is you need to get in and out of matches really fast. It's glacier slow compared to most shooters. Um, there's, I don't know, probably from the time a match ends to the time you finally get to the next match, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like two and a half, three minutes. Hmm. 
It takes a really long time to get in from one, get out of one and into another. Yeah, it did seem about that to me. I, just, I don't have any frame of reference on how long it's supposed to take these days. Call so. of Duty, it's like lightning. Mm. Like, you're done, and like, half the time, you don't even have time to like, get up and get a drink from the fridge before the next match is starting, which can be a little annoying. <laughs> um, so it'd be nice if they can speed up <clears throat> the time between rounds, so you don't feel like there's these huge breaks in between each match. Um, as far as the modes were concerned, there was Slayer, Capture the Flag, uh, a mode called Total Control, where there are three different flag points, and you have to hold all three, and you have to do that three times before you win the match. And there was a mode called Stockpile, where you go to the enemy's base, and you have you do like a context-sensitive thing where you pull these seeds out of their base, and then you have to return them to your base and like deposit them. But while you're up there, it takes forever. It you hit you hold the X button, and it takes I don't know like. 15, 20 seconds before you can get one of the seeds. So you have to have somebody there defending you while you're getting the seed. Hope you have like a warthog or something out back to jump in and go back to your base. And the, per the team who uh, captures the most seeds wins. Um, and I think that was pretty much it for the modes. The, the modes are definitely low compared to most shooters <clears throat> at this point. Um, there's also a ranked arena, which I didn't mess around with too much because I'm still just not back up to scratch as far as my skill level yet. Um, so I haven't played any ranked yet. There's no character leveling, which again is weird. There's no weapon leveling, which is something that's in every shooter. There's just the battle pass. And I played all day yesterday and only got to level three. <coughs> you do yeah, that. Yeah, leveling is very slow. You I do that in Call of Duty in like a match, mm -hmm. like a single match. You can go from level one to level three. And this, it took me all day because it's all just tied into the battle pass. You actually don't really level up. You're just going through levels of the battle pass. Um, what else? I think that's it. There's bottomless pits in this game. I haven't played a shooter that had bottomless pits that I could fall and fall into <clears throat> and die, and I don't know how long. There's just so many things about this that are so different, and in a lot of ways, very refreshing from what I've been playing for the last several years. But to your point, Matt, I'm not sure exactly how long that's going to last, mm -hmm. um, when it will wear off. What about you? Are you kind of wearing thin on it a little bit by the time you wrapped up? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the campaign now, just in the sense that, like, oh, this feels pretty good to play, yeah. so I'm interested to, me to too. try it. Me too. Yeah, it, this, playing this definitely made me more excited to play the campaign, for sure. And to play more of the multiplayer. I'm going to keep playing it. Like, I have not really resonated with Call of Duty Vanguard, and I'm going to need something to play. This might be it. This might be the thing that I end up playing. This or Battlefield. Yeah, and Battlefield's coming soon. I think the Battlefield... Multiplayer just launched on Game Pass today. Hmm. There's like a 10-day period or something, 10-hour period. I think you can play it early before it comes out. And I think that just launched today on uh, on Game Pass. So I might check that out here in the next day or two. But I had a blast playing this. I had a ton of fun. Um, the new weapons and the new vehicles, whatever, they weren't a big deal to me. None of them really stood out or made an impact. Um but I just had a ton of fun. I just <clears throat> just chucking tons of grenades again. Like I just haven't played a game where there's grenades everywhere. You start with two of them, and you're encouraged, and you should use them habitually. And it was just fun to get into that loop again. That the bunny hop, side strafe, leading the enemy with the grenade, and it's just it's fun. So it was good to get back in the battlegrounds on the Halo battlegrounds. And um, I look forward to playing some more. And I am Dinfire on Xbox Live. Send me a friend request. I accept everybody. 
and we'll get together maybe this weekend and we'll play some Halo Infinite multiplayer. But so far what I've played, so far, so really freaking good. I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Um, I even kind of dominated playing this at times. Hmm. Like this capture the flag that we're seeing right now, I, ca I captured <coughs> all three times for our team. All three flags and won the match. And my KD when I first started was terrible, but by the end of the day yesterday, I was finishing most matches like 15 and 5, 20 and 8, stuff like that. So um, I'm starting to figure it out. It did take a while though. There's like muscle memory there playing with playing Halo, and it took a little while for me to get back into the groove. But <coughs> ultimately, I had a blast, and I think I'm going to continue to have a blast. So again, I'm Dinfire on Xbox Live. If you want to add me and play some Halo, please do. I'm looking for some people to squad up with and play with over the next week or so. Um, and I do like the idea too, Matt, that. Um, well, I'm getting the multiplayer out of the way, and the campaign comes out here in a few weeks, and I can just dive right into that, and we'll be basically done with the Halo suite. I didn't mess around with any of the, like, firing range stuff, did you? No. Yeah, I didn't do it either. Like, I played, like, the tutorial bot thing. Oh, you did? A little bit, which is just they throw four four players in against bots to, mm -hmm. like, kind of familiarize yourself. Yeah. Which is good if you want to learn what, what modes do what, yep. but, like, I pretty much knew what they were, or, you know, you know they're not that complicated. Yep. Um, so I did one of those, and I, I, we, uh, I think I went like thirty and zero. <laughs> like I, I got a, I got a badge for getting more than fifteen kills and not dying once. Uh, so I'm like, that was a good achievement, but like uh, against bots. But like, so I, then I just went into the multiplayer after that. It was. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I do like too about this game is that you get achievements for multiplayer. <clears throat> Like, most shooters, you can play it for, like, a thousand hours. And you may get, like, four achievements. Mm -hmm. They always load them into, like, the campaigns or whatever. You get achievements in this for, like, putting a sticker on your armor. Like, mm -hmm. I just you can, I have them turned off, but I can hear them popping. Because my, P, I have my PC open while I'm playing. Mm -hmm. I have notifications turned off on my Xbox, but they're on on the Xbox app on my PC. Yeah. So I hear the them pop on my PC. Mm -hmm. And just, like customizing your spartan like you're just yeah pop 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 almost every off. customization thing gives you an achievement yeah gives you something yeah so anyway there you go that's halo infinite multiplayer i really like it again add me on xbox live at denfire and we will play and i will plant the butt of my battle rifle in between your ice <laughs> well, it should be back of your skull because that's the instant kill <laughs> that's true uh okay it's time for name that game people and it's a special edition of Name That Game because one of your fellow sifters created a song slash jingle for Name That Game. This is courtesy of Sneaky Shalid Shanake. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Big thanks to him. He had uh, said he was going to do that last week, and he absolutely came through. And so now we have a little theme song for Name That Game, which is awesome. I also listened to your feedback from last week, and I've turned down the volume of the ticking clock. Because apparently, it was driving people crazy. So I have turned down the volume of the ticking clock. Hopefully, it's acceptable at this point. Um, for those of you who maybe aren't on the stream or have never seen this before, <laughs> keep your butt away from my face, Justin Horman. Um, <laughs> for those of you who maybe do not watch the stream and have no idea what name that game is, it's a little quiz show that we do at the end of every episode of Game Face where you try to beat Matt Kyle. 
I give you a series of clues, and you try to guess just the name of the game. What game am I trying to get you guys to say? Um, Matt, you've won, what, twice? Twice, I think, yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> um, you guys win all ties. I know you're sitting there maybe, oh, how? what with the delay on Twitch and whatnot. If it's close, you guys win, um, which doesn't make it easy on Matt, but we're here to give out stickers, and that's what you get when you win. If you beat Matt, you get a six-pack of sifted stickers that we will send anywhere in the world. And we do. We've sent them to Portugal, to Canada, all over the place. UK, Ireland, Scotland. We've sent them all over. If somebody wins twice, uh, look up like like a research station in Antarctica we can send them to. <laughs> just, some yeah. some research station in Antarctica just gets yeah. stickers from this thing they never <laughs> heard of. randomly. <laughs> just to say we sent stickers to Antarctica. That would be funny. Um, try Look, if you've won already... Don't compete. Let somebody else win. Um, look, and I realize some of you may be like, well, if I win, I'll give them to somebody else. Just let somebody else win. You can't replace the feeling of winning. Um, when you actually win it, you get that rush, that adrenaline, that serotonin. Let them have it. Um, if you've won, just sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, I have one, <coughs> two, three, four, five clues, and I guarantee someone's going to get the name of this game before I deliver the fifth clue. Everybody ready? Are you ready, Matt? Sure. All right, here's the first clue. Let me bring up the chat here on screen so everyone can see if somebody there gets it first. Make sure we're at the bottom. Here we go. Clue number one. If you believe what you do will come back to you, this game is a great fit. If you believe that what you do will come back to you, this game is a great fit. And just so you know, the clues are not as obvious at first. And the further we go, the more obvious they get, and the easier it is to guess the name of the game. We Sports Australian Boomerang. <laughs> Good one, Zet Saber. We Fit, no. Taz the Tasmanian Tiger. Ring Fit Adventure, no. DDR, no. Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, no. <laughs> That's a good one, too. God of War, no. Braid, no. God of War 2018, no. <laughs> nope. Okay, I'm going to go to the second clue. I always feel good when you guys don't get it on the first clue. Mm. So I've, I've achieved my goal this week. Here's the next one. This game doesn't take place in a galaxy far, far away, but Darth Vader still might like living there. This game doesn't take place in a galaxy far, far away, but Darth Vader still might like living there. Carmageddon, no. Quantum Break, no. Any guesses, Matt? First clue again was, if you believe what you do will come back to you, this game is a great fit. Chrono Trigger, no. Oh, we may make it to the third clue this time. Mass Effect, no. Leisure Suit Larry, no. Infamous. That's it. Mm. Minority Games got it. That's it. It is infamous. Do you see the clues now? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I get the I get the morality system from the first one. I don't understand the Darth Karma thing. system. And well, before I explain all the rest of the clues, here's a round of applause for Minority Games. Congratulations. You have a six pack of sifted stickers coming your way. It does not matter where you live. You can DM us here on Twitch. You can DM us on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can DM me on Twitter at Dinfire. 
You can send me a DM at Shane on Sifted, whatever. Just make sure you give us your full real name and your full address, and we'll ship those stickers out to you. Um, here are the rest of the clues. Uh, the combat in this game is supercharged. That probably would have given it yeah. for most people. Um, the studio that created this game isn't interested in fighting fair. Mm. Sucker punch. And the last clue, Sly Robots foretold this game's many elements. So Sly Cooper and Rocket Robot on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets you infamous. And the first clue was, if you believe uh, what you do will come back to you, this game is a great fit. It has a karma system in Infamous. The second clue, this game doesn't take place in a galaxy far, far away, but Darth Vader is still might living there. Um, he lives. The game takes place in Empire City. Mm-hmm. So the Empire. So there you go. <clears throat> infamous. And our winner... Minority Games. Congratulations, brother. And we'll get those stickers out to you as soon as you hit us up with your address so we can ship them out to you. Um, I think we have time for maybe one or two questions if you want to do a little Q&A here, people, um, before we get out of here. Uh, Let's see what we got. There's one. Um, from ETH Demon, do you think Microsoft releasing Halo multiplayer kind of kills Battlefield in its cradle? It wasn't being talked about positively as is. I'm not sure mm. what your what that means. Is in will people just play which Halo game though? Just play Battle Battlefield. Oh, okay. It wasn't. Wait, was Battlefield not being talked about as positively, or was Halo not being talked about as positively? Battlefield. Oh. Okay. Like, basically, are they burying Battlefield by putting Halo out? Like, as I think that might be part of the plan. Some of it. <laughs> I mean, EA is a with, big partner. They are partnered with EA, so they probably don't want to do that completely. completely do it, but it's Halo. Um, <clears throat> to be fair, that only only counts on one platform. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. Battlefield's going to release on other platforms other than just Xbox. Um, look, I no, I don't think it kills Battlefield. Nothing's going to kill Battlefield. Battlefield's going to do well, I think. I'm more excited to play Battlefield than I am to keep playing Vanguard, Call of Duty Vanguard, um, which mm-hmm. is not the norm for me. Um, so I don't think it'll kill Battlefield in its cradle at all. Could it hurt it? A little bit on Xbox, maybe. Yeah. But... Not, I mean, they're both also Game Pass. Yeah, so. you're, yeah you're also going to be able to get Battlefield no for free on Game Pass. No reason can't try both. Yeah, why not? Um, here's just a comment from Texture Glitch. Matt, I want to thank you for recommending the Batman Court of Owls comic storyline a couple of shows ago. I bought it, and it's great. Thanks. Always, it is great. Yeah, always good to help people out. I don't out know how well it's going to translate into the game, but it's yep. a great comic story. Justin Horman, how did you use my avatar <clears throat> with the question, like the head and the hands thing? That's awesome, dude. How did you do that? That's cool. Um, so just as Xbox had a 20th anniversary, when do you reckon, I love the word reckon, did the branch reach its nadir? The Red Ring of Death fiasco, the Xbox One reveal, and launch. I think it was around the time of the the debacle with the planned DRM and mm-hmm. and Sony dropping the mic on him. Like that whole stretch there from like E3 to launch of the Xbox One, like that was probably the most dire it ever looked for the Xbox. YouTube videos, TV, TV, yeah. TV, 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 TV. Yeah. Where they talked about the t- about TV yeah. like incessantly. That at is definitely where, that is definitely where Xbox has lost its way the worst. Yeah, at this point. the Red Ring of Death like that's something that you can't really foresee, <clears> and mm-hmm. it's like once it happened, I feel like Microsoft dealt with it really well. Kind of dealt with it as best you could. It wasn't great, but like the Xbox One run up was a series of horrible choices that did not need to be made the way they were. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, so yeah, I think that's that for me probably <clears> is. A big breaking point for Microsoft. 
Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. I recently played Katamari Damacy for the first time, and it's the first time a game had made me laugh from its mechanics and gameplay. Has any game made you laugh from the gameplay and not just the writing? Yeah, I mean, that's one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. Animal Leader is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a goofy game for GameCube. I mean... And actually, I think it originally was an N64 game, and they re-released it for GameCube because yeah. it came out late in the N64's life cycle. That's a goofy, weird game that was, like, just funny. Um, most of the games like that come from Japan. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd say, like, GTA... Yeah, that. like a lot of a lot of amusing, just running around doing open world stuff, running people over and knocking things. Yeah, that was half the appeal at the time. I played Halo Infinite last yesterday. I laughed a bunch of times because yeah. just insane stuff happens. Like you throw a grenade and just out of you don't even see the warthog yet. You throw a grenade trying to hit to blow up someone on foot, and around the corner comes like mm-hmm. a warthog going like a hundred miles an hour. And just at the perfect time, it drives over that grenade and goes boom, and it flies up in the air, and you see like three guys flying out, and like they're flying out, and they're trying to throw their grenades at you, like it's it's mayhem, and like it just makes me laugh because you're just having it's fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I laugh all the time at stuff that isn't just like is that a funny joke that they wrote in the mm-hmm. script? Like, I think that's one of the pure joys of playing games. Like, if if I weren't doing this, I wouldn't be doing this. So, yeah, it happens all the time for me. I would go back also to, I always think of Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, where you had the most powerful move you had in that game was a kick. Oh, yeah. And you basically just boot people, like, <laughs> across the map and, like, knock them off cliffs. And like, yeah. like, you never needed to swing your damn sword in that game. You just yeah. kick, kick orcs off off ledges. Guardians of the Galaxy. Very funny. There were some moments in that game where I laughed that weren't that weren't related to jokes or writing. Like, the punting in that. You yeah. can punt the first time I punted one of those little balls and it went foosh and flew off the screen. I laughed. So yeah, that stuff happens all the time. I think it's one of the <clears> greatest <throat> parts about gaming. And I'm glad you zeroed in on it. So thank you for your question. Ashes in the hourglass. Um Scorpio's finest, have you ever considered partnering with another smaller gaming site? I'm not sure what that would look like or what we would do. Do you mean like me going on their podcast and them coming on our... I don't know what, you, what you're insinuating there. Um, Vincent. And this will be the last one. Call of Duty Vanguard is holding a free multiplayer weekend this weekend. How much of that is the other shooter competition and how much is the reported week sales? Yeah, so we didn't bring this up on today's show. Sales of Vanguard were down 40% year over year. Wow. And I hate to admit it that I called it. Like, I could tell that that game was not tracking the way prior Call of Duties were, and I was right. It's not. Sales are wet down big time. To answer your question, I think it's a little bit of both. But at the same time, this happens pretty much every year. They'll do free multiplayer weekends. Maybe not this close to launch, though. Usually it's more in like... It seems fast. Yeah, usually it's more like in December when they start doing that stuff. And a lot of times it's more double XP weekends Yeah. to get the noobs who are just joining so they aren't getting their asses kicked after the first day or whatever. They can level up and get their gun where they want it and blah, blah, blah. But to answer your question, generally, yes, I do think it's a reaction to what's going on with the game and to the stiff competition that is out there right now for Vanguard. It's You got Halo, you got um, Battlefield, those are two heavy hitters, and maybe that is why it's down so much. I didn't think it would drop 40%. Dude, that's insane. 
So maybe that is feeding into it. Maybe that's a part of it. I don't think that's all of it. I think big, a big part of it is just the game just doesn't resonate. People are not getting excited about Vanguard. Mm-hmm. So you see the rumor that they're going to put Captain America in it? No. There's a rumor going around that Captain America is going to be a guest character in the multiplayer on Vanguard. Which it kind of worked, considering the sense. premise. It like would that, work. They're basically the Howling Commandos. They could, it's a little we, bit of a stretch, but it did could mention, work. We did talk about Avengers. We did. Yeah, so absolutely. Him being part of the kind of international team of badasses who do yeah. things no one else can do. <laughs> it kind of, kind of fits. That's true. Um, <clears> that's <throat> it for Game Face 279. We went over again. That's just the way November's going to rock. There's just too much to talk about. Too many big games coming out. And we're just having too much fun. Uh, on this show to kill it right at three hours. Uh, if you're listening to this show out on any of the podcast services, and by the way, people, if you are watching the show on YouTube, and we've got some comments, people are like, how can I get like a podcast? There's podcast feeds of this show. It's everywhere. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Um, so if you want an audio version of the show, just go to any of those services and search for Game Face and subscribe. And when you do that, Please give us a review. It helps our show jump up in the rankings on those services big time. And there's so many, there's enough people listening to Game Face or watching Game Face that if you even half of you went and gave us a review, I guarantee you the show will skyrocket up into the rankings and we will get more patrons and we will have more revenue to do more stuff. Maybe even do a second episode of Game Face a week. Um, so there's even if you're not able to Go to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge anything. There's lots of stuff that you can do to help us, and we appreciate any of it and all of it, in all honesty. Um, what else? Don't forget Pactor Factor questions coming soon. Don't forget Black Friday. We have a T-shirt clearance sale. Uh, don't forget that our new shirts are coming soon. You're going to have to pre-order those only. There's going to be no inventory, um, but we'll message that stuff out whenever all that stuff's ready for pre-orders and all that jazz. We'll make sure that you guys know what is going on. So, Matt, another great show. Hanging with you. Great talking games with you guys. Everybody out there, you guys have a great week. Much love. Game Face is up and out.